Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. Great start to the race so far for the number 23 Rojo Racing Mercedes, which is run out of the Get Speed Performance awning. So sister car to the Dominic Bauman-driven uh, AMG GT3 with the Vodafone sponsorship on it and those two Mercedes running fifth and sixth with the 23 ahead of the number two but they are uh, class leader in the form of Fabian Schiller and then fifth place in SP9 Pro for the Bowman driven car and we're still yet to see Philip Ellis at the wheel of number two and we haven't seen either John Schofner or Janine Hill at the wheel of car 23 just yet. I saw them walking around on the grid. Does that count before the start of the race? But they it didn't proves they're here. They didn't look too concerned that they weren't taking the start in the wet, slippery conditions. They thought Fabian Schiller would do a superior job, and I think they're quite relieved. But certainly they'll be relieved. The track is drying out. And the weirdest thing, the car running in 14th overall is the car that's just set the fastest lap of the race. How much quicker than the fastest car, which is the one that Kevin Estra has at the front of the field? Eight seconds. It just goes to show it's getting drier and drier and drier. Let's see. This lap time around, eight minutes, ten flat. So not even as good when he completed that lap. Kevin Estra. Kevin did have traffic at the end of that lap in the Manti Racing Porsche. And I dare say at various points in between. But uh, his advantage last time was uh, nigh on 40 seconds over Patrick Hassenheimer in the second place. Number six, Black Falcon. Team Auto Arena Mercedes. Still waiting for that to complete the lap and looks like it's lapping at a very similar pace for some of the lap to the race leading Porsche, but the middle sectors lost about half a dozen seconds. So the gap's going to be going uh, closer towards 45 seconds this time around. Waiting to see as that number six Mercedes rumbles, roars its way across the line. The gap, I can define it for you. It's going to be more than 44.3 seconds. So another four seconds to the good for the race leader, Kevin Estra. But uh, again, it's about where you find the traffic. And uh, no pressure from behind because Steve Jans holding down third place is dropping away a little bit. Let's see what his lap time is going to be this time around. I think he'll have probably shared about another six seconds, which won't be good news. Will be good news for Patrick Assenheimer. Will be good news for Pierre Kaffer because Kaffer's in fourth, chasing after Steve Jans. But Jans for now hanging on in third. Now, the first batch of cars earlier on in the race that pitted were kind of on lap 6 where we had the 32 in and if that's doing an 8 lap stint then that's fine till the end of lap 14, we've just started lap 13 for the car collection motorsport, Pierre Caffer and Frank Stippler car so presumably when that car pits, Stippler will take it over and therefore do the remaining half distance because, yes, we will have ticked over past the hour of two o'clock locally and therefore past the half-distance marker. It's about the same gap between Patrick Assenheimer's Mercedes in second and now Steve Yance in his third-placed Audi, 43.3 seconds as opposed to 44.3, the gap from first to second. So fairly equally distant places now for the first three does that mean that Jantz is steadily falling back into the clutches of Pierre Kaffer? He lost 15 seconds on Patrick Assenheimer and, more importantly, 10 seconds to the chasing Kaffer. Chaffer's... Chaffer? I always called him Kaffer. 24 seconds down. Do the maths. It's uh, not looking good for Jantz. I still reckon he might get to the end of his stint in third place overall, but certainly the 32 Audi from Car Collection Motorsport, red and black, 
or red and very dark grey, getting closer and closer all the time. And Jantz has no answers. He starts this lap. He's already losing uh, time to the Assenheimer Mercedes that really is, is home and hosed in front of him by 40-odd seconds. The slight bit of good news as far as Steve Yance is concerned is that Kaffa will be due in a lap before the five Audi so yeah at the end of lap uh, 14 as I say and then the 911 Porsche the number six Mercedes and number five Audi should be able to push on to lap 15 particularly as it's still a little bit damp out there so they won't be burning quite as much fuel as if it was completely dry but the Grand Prix track I think you're struggling to find any bit, so any bit of wet asphalt now. It has uh, managed to dry up nicely with cars running regularly offline to put laps on slower traffic and wasting no time at all. Fabian Schiller still fighting the car a little bit as he crosses the bridge and heads on to Hats and Back, where it is single file stuff. And again, the familiar sight of slower cars on this twisty, sinuous section just ducking behind one of the V4 BMWs and then at the very last moment jinking offline and pa past that car and uh, great professional mature driving here from Fabian Schiller who's still pretty early on in his Nürburgring Nordschleife career. Yeah some onboard shots that Johnny was just describing there the thing about it you have to be patient you could have hustled and bustled would have uh, upset the driver in front of him in the BMW and uh, might have then gone off the line. So better to lose a tenth of a second, come off the power a little bit. Just be sure the gap is there as you twist through the uh, wonderful hats and back sweepers and then work your way to Hochheiken. Got a car limping in, looks like front right puncture. Mm. Absolutely so, one of the BMWs. Let's just ID the number. Of course, they won't show it to us for a second. No, he's almost got to the end. He's in that final chicane, but uh, going at very abated speed. 191 wending its way in I wouldn't say home it's not home it's just got back to the pits but uh, at really really reduced pace everyone's avoided him so well done all concerned there now that is a proper GT4 spec BMW the M4 from Valken Horse Motorsport carrying a very similar paint scheme as the 36 does from the same team so Valken Horst, yes here with three uh, SP9 BMWs but I reckon they've actually got five cars here in total the SP10 car that is pitting now with a puncture and they've got a Cup 5 240i BMW as well down in 124th position. That car has made its way back to the pits thankfully and 191 was fifth in class. SP10 is being led by... Uh, being led by, bear with me, the number 162 Black Falcon team Identica Mercedes which is the number 162 car that was having a dice early on with Knuffy in the SP8T division. But, uh, you yeah, know, 162 has now established itself as the front runner in SP10 and is up to 20th position overall. One car that's going relatively slowly at the moment is Francois Perroda. The Team WRT Audi got up into about 7th position. It's down in... 13th at the moment but just to give you a comparison last lap for race leader Kevin Estra 8 minutes 10 seconds and for Perodo 8 minutes 47 37 seconds slower that said he was uh, catching the car in front of him in fact and has passed him no he hasn't not yet but uh, certainly in terms of that pace he's catching Franck Pereira and has now just passed him just changing the timing screen they flip one way flip the other 
But uh, really, right now, nobody has got any answers to all the questions being asked by Ke of Kevin Estra. 44 seconds to the good. And uh, in looking at it, almost all of the sectors across the lap, more time gained on the chasing Patrick Assenheimer. Assenheimer, though, looking very, very comfortable. Similar margin, 43, 44 seconds ahead of the best of the rest, which for now is Steve Jantz. But we know that Jantz is struggling at the attack to try and take third place from him is definitely Pierre Kaffer running fourth in that 32 car collection of motorsport Audi but catching the Phoenix Racing example the mid-blue uh, number five Audi uh, by every single sector closing in yeah so the four rings represented in third and fourth positions overall a little bit of jumbling of the order further down as the 20 Lamborghini Huracan and Franck Pereira pitted the last time around. Pereira taking that car over at that point, I'll assume. Yeah, because Dieter Schmidtman had been driving it previously. So we've had Heiko Hamill doing a stint. We've had Dieter Schmidtman and now Frank Pereira. But I think they've pitted slightly more times than they were expecting. Uh, stopping at the end of lap 11. They've done two. Yeah. So they, they pitted at the end of lap 6. And then they only did a five-lap stint, and that had to be to do with tyres as well, I would assume, on the wrong tyres after that first stop and pitting for a second time earlier than expected onto slicks. And let's see what, uh, what Frank Pereira can do now in trying to hustle that Lamborghini back into contention. The Start. downside is there's only yeah. two hours to go. And the other downside with two hours to go, it's starting to rain at... Uh Kesselschen and Verschleifen. As you were talking, Johnny, I looked at the screen and saw, hold on, we haven't seen those since early in the race. Windscreen wipers moving across the screen. Light rain at the moment, but for those that thought, ha, my teammates have had all the raining, the running in the rain, we'll be fine. Yeah, the track already starting to look a little bit slippery out there. So drivers have to be so alert to it. You know, is it a dry track with rain falling or is it already a wet track? But don't forget, it's probably... For a lot of these drivers, 10 minutes or more since they were last there. But for the front runners, it's eight and a bit minutes. Eight, what's the fastest lap of the race so far? Eight minutes, five, eight minutes, eight seconds. That's by the Octane 126 Ferrari, Bjorn Grossman. But he's down in 12th, 12th position at the moment. There's another slow zone in place at the Foxhole, which is the plummet downhill after Arenberg that eventually leads to Adenauer Forest. But... Presumably some sort of incident then after that sharp right-hander underneath the road bridge at Arenberg. The Fuchsruhe, as it's labelled in German, uh, slowed potentially to as slow as 60 kilometres per hour. That's yet to be confirmed. Ah, oh, but is is indeed as I utter those words. So slow zone now at Marshall Post number 98, which is the Foxhole. And we'll start to see lap times in that sector uh, increase as a result now the good news as far as the race leader is concerned has already gone through that area however Kevin Estre's that rapid he's already on to lap 14 and will be approaching the foxhole in the next minute or so so he's going to be delayed question is how quickly can this incident be cleared and is this a, an opportunity for the pursuing pack to try and eat into a 53 second advantage that Kevin Estre now has Yes, and in fact, as you were saying that, it started off with the Code 60 being uh, triggered at, code, at uh, Marshall's Post 98. It moved forward two positions to Marshall's Post 96. They want to get them down to speed sooner. And again, just a reiteration, that's not even halfway around the lap. And uh, Marshall Post 96 and 98 shows how many posts there are around this amazing circuit. All drivers know what to do. So the gap between first and second, of course, nobody gains 
when you have a code 60, unless it's there for one driver, and by the time a rival gets there, it's been cleared. But for now, it's uh, still there. And Arenberg, yes, has got uh, a yellow flag as well. So they, they're gradually moving. The so zone started at 98. Marshall Post 96, 95, and now the yellow flag at Arenberg at 94 to let them know what's happening out there. No such problems, though, faced by Patrick Assenheimer. Rumbling over the start-finish line one more time. He's 53 seconds down, lost nine seconds last time around. So his hopes of keeping Kevin Estra in sight, in sight, that was long ago, that went, but he was trying to stay within striking distance should anything before the 9-11 Porsche but you have to say at this midpoint in the race in fact just past the midpoint it really is advantage all the way for Kevin Estra but he's got two teammates to, to complete the race also close and Lars Kernan with no disrespect they're not going to be quick as the flying Frenchman he has uh, done his job done it supremely and let's see if they can hang on in the later stages of the race but don't think this race is over and out because Patrick Hassenheimer has teammates too how they uh, perform respectively we will see Assenheimer doing all he can but he has no answers no answers at all to the pace that 911 Porsche 13 laps done in the first two hours so that suggests maybe a lap distance of 26 or 27 laps depending on whether this second portion is more dry than the first remember the first hour certainly all of the Grand Prix track was particularly sodden and a large part of the, the, the Nordschleifer itself as well pretty grim although there's still heavy cloud overhead at least the rain has stopped on the Grand Prix Strecker it has started again though now down into the foxhole and this is the area that is restricted to 60 kilometers per hour yellow flags being shown out of the speed limit as well this is into the uh, speed limited zone I beg your pardon so first of all a waved yellow then a double waved yellow then a code 60 and of course if you're in one of the faster cars but catching slower traffic that is where the concertina effect happens you can't overtake even though you're not speed limited you're limited to the speed of the slowest car effectively and there is at least one car in the barrier as you arrive at Adenauer Forest and that is one of the BMWs I think from the V4 category an all green machine that has ended up sideways on into the barrier there and immediately after that the SP10 leader can burst back onto the throttle and back up to full speed however there's another caution later on in the lap now at the carousel the Caracciola carousel so the tighter of the two the left hand concreted carousel which at the moment just has a yellow flag at Marshall Post 141 but the rain is teeming down here now at the double left hander which is at Metzgersfeld yeah, and I, th I think the really interesting thing there was as whichever of the three drivers, Tobias Muller, Tim Schiebart or Tristan Vidas is at the wheel of that 162 Black Falcon uh, Mercedes. Yes, you can get going again. As he tried to put the power down, it did not want to go down. There was a lot of wheel spin there. He's trying to go around the outside of a Porsche Cayman at the moment, but you've got to be on tiptoes. But as we speak, we went from a very wet zone to a lightly wet zone. So it's that point about 40% of the way around the lap where it's, it seems to be at its wettest. Presumably that's why... We had that BMW off. Almost looked to me like the old Jaguar Group 33 uh, colours. Uh, bright green and a darker green on the flanks of that car. But it was tucked away to driver's left mm. as they went up out of Adenauer Forest. Hard against the barriers or seemed to be side on against the barriers. But uh, wait for that to clear up. And now they start to take the dip. Their siphon, it's starting to brighten up all over again. Not just uh, less rain. As they go down the dip, there was a little flash of sunshine there. So 
The drivers have no idea what to expect. Just wondering whether the spotter's guide that was produced for VLN 5, uh, with a photograph of virtually every car that took part in that race, whether that will give us an indication as to which BMW is uh, up against a barrier down there. As I say, the guess was it was a V4 entered BMW. Might have been wrong in that respect. Just saw the sideways view of it as uh, the 162 Mercedes uh, headed by at uh, a restricted speed. It could have been 733, which I know is definitely in the race. Otherwise... It won't be 733, that's just entered the pits with Kraska at the wheel. Okay. So eliminate so one from the inquiries. So fine, not 733. Sherlock Palmer. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, mm, green cars are rather few and far between, for VLN 5 at least. VLN 6 we're currently in. And well, we can rule out the fact it was any of the Pixum team Adrenaline Motorsport cars in class or the Frickadelli Racing team. Number one, presumed. Sort of, but then or again, the, the 650 is a Pixum Team Adrenaline car, and that's painted gold this weekend. So that, that's assuming that all Pixum Team Adrenaline cars are orange and blue. Uh, we reckon oh. possibly 717. And also the 617 Clio is off just before the carousel as well. So 717, as long as that is a BMW, that would tally. And it is a V4 car, which hasn't yet made its way through the third sector. And the Clio, at least, 617, appears to have been cleared or cleared itself. So 617 is... Hang on a moment. It's a Clio, as I've said. Well, I can give you the 717. Marcus Ledger. Okay. Le Ledger is the uh, driver of the Clio. And see who's in the 717. The, the MC and BMW 325i. It could be Sasha Courtney. It could be Eric Petrich or Chris Rothoff. It is the middle of those three I options. I thought as much. Yeah. So Petrick, uh, I'm afraid, looking like it might be a retirement, depending on how hard he connected with that barrier. There was an intervention vehicle on the scene, but I remember during the Nürburgring 24 hours, there was a car in that sort of vicinity that ended up the wrong side of the Armco barrier on its roof in that sort of no-man's land between racetrack and spectator area. A frightening moment where actually the Armco barrier formed itself as a ramp because it bent back on the struts and just chucked this car up in the air. We never did get to see exactly how it had ended up there, but a dramatic moment where it ended up on the roof, on the grass, and thankfully, driver involved was okay. Very interesting. During the sequence, we've got a little rolling uh, display at the bottom of a timing screen, and it's just how they've been moving that slow zone, how they've been increasing it as they want to be doubly sure. And they've been advancing it, or sort of bringing it closer to the start of the lap. And uh, there was another one, another wave flag at Arenberg. Situations, again, these drivers would have started their previous lap in bone dry conditions. They'd have got around a third of the way into the lap, approached Arenberg, the rain started falling. And as we've seen with the clear up operation, by the time they get to somewhere like Ex Muller, it seems to have dried out a fair bit. So it's a sequence of, well, it looks on a, a, a a regular circuit map as though it's about six turns, but we know in Nürburgring Nordschleife terms that's probably about 34 turns because they come thick and fast and the, and the gradient up and down they go, particularly rising through Adenauer Forst. And uh, again, further points around the track, a bit more rain coming down, a few cars having a little bit, little bit of trouble, a little bit of steaming up at the windscreen. They've had the running in the dry and now uh, maybe they've got to move their vents around in the car to make sure it stays clear. But certainly windscreen wipers beating fast on the 917 Schmickler performance. 
Uh, Porsche, but we've got the 618, the uh, Porsche, the, the VW. The Corrado. The Corrado at the side of the circuit, sitting still. Oh, dear. And, yeah, that car was uh, doing well in its class a little earlier on, minding its own business. Now, whether it's connected with another car, difficult to tell at this point. That is the H2 entered machine, eighth currently in class, but that's with it being stationary for at least the last minute or so. Well, it looks like it's a pit entrance, but that's the cut through from the Grand Prix loop, isn't it? To come the back way into the pit lane, but he's not going up the slope. The car is stationary. Mm. Lots of gravel scattered across the track in the background, so I wonder if uh, <laughs> one item of evidence could be thrown in the face of another. Jürgen Freiburg, the only driver enabled against that uh, car, so a busy afternoon for him, but he may only get to just beyond half distance I'm afraid as the race leader is nearing the end of the lap or at least I, I hope he is Kevin Estra due across the line now and also expecting Patrick Assenheimer in fact Assenheimer coming towards the end now of now Assenheimer's ahead Assenheimer ahead. is ahead on the road of Kevin Estra that's the reason why I was sounding slightly perplexed uh, expecting Estra to appear at the end of sector four which he has not done now, has he been delayed with the, either of those two incidents? It took Assenheimer five minutes and two seconds. This will be the end of lap 14. OK, while you're looking, Assenheimer dives into the pits. In, in the previous sector, Assenheimer took 15 seconds out of Kevin Estra, but then he completed sector four, is now in the pits. And, uh, and no sign of, of the Mante Racing Porsche that was uh, just sitting on that. Just remember, the advantage was uh, 53 seconds at the last timing interval. But... This Where is a lap is earlier than I was expecting for Assenheimer because that's only a seven-lap stint, although he did seven to start with. And maybe everyone's working out, well, it's going to be a shorter distance of race anyway because of the early rain. But Kevin Estra has gone missing on lap 14 somewhere in the longest sector on the track. And the Phoenix Racing, Steve Jantz-driven Audi, will be the next car through. And presumably will take the lead of the race if he doesn't dive into the pits. So a temporary status it may be, picking his way through some uh, GT4 class runners around the outside of a Porsche cave and he goes into that final sort of left-right sweep and then you get into the chicane. There's a Honda Civic in his uh, view, but that gets out of the way. And is he diving into the pits? Yes. yes, he is as well. So into the pit lane, tucked in behind a BMW M6, but a lap ahead. So where is Kevin Estra? That 911 Porsche had it all under control. Whatever the conditions, from wet to dry, seemed to be the master of those conditions. And now Estra, well, the first three are in the pits. That's Manuel Metzger's taken over from Patrick Assenheimer in the Black Falcon Mercedes. Steve Jans, will he be handing it over or doing another stint for the Phoenix Racing Audi? We'll let you know on that in a second. The car collection motorsport Audi is now up into third place. The Manti Racing car falling down the order has not been spotted at the end of the fourth sector. So now frantically searching for that car on, uh, on trackers and on tickers, and the car appears to be stranded at Klostertal, which is the run up the hill towards Caracciola Carousel. And does that indicate that the car therefore has grinded to a halt, ground to a halt, or has it uh, come into contact with another machine? We talk about how readily Kevin Estra can slice his way through traffic, uh, but there's often, there are often uh, diminishing returns. Well, also, 
diminishing returns when you suddenly had a return of rain, a flurry of rain. Maybe he, yeah. he or it might have been another driver trying to keep out of the way, lost it on the on the on the wet circuit, or maybe got a bit twitchy. But come what may, suddenly we've got Audi. No wins yet this year. They're second and third. And let's see what they can do. But Manuel Metzger still in the pits, but he's going to head out in that number seven Mercedes. He had an advantage of one minute, six seconds over the Phoenix Racing Audi. But let's see how that shapes out. But suddenly the car that was sitting pretty, in fairness, also closed in last corner and nowhere no near going to match the pace of Kevin Estra. But they were the two teammates waiting to take over that 911 Mante Racing Porsche. They will not get to do so on the signs that we're seeing at the moment. No reports the car getting back to the pits but a report that it might have gone off at Klostertal well a very eagle-eyed Stephen Rabe and his tweet being retweeted by many as well so thank you for your correspondence with this uh, the 162 car went past the scene and the Grello car appeared to be either parked or clattered into the barrier but it's almost as if Kevin Estra has picked that location because it's an Armco barrier overlap so that it can therefore be recovered safely. But that suggests to me, what was that timed at? An hour and 53 minutes to go in the race. So that was just six seven. or seven minutes ago. Um, well, that suggests to me he's out. That is a brilliant spot. Yes, you don't reverse your car away. I mean, if it, I mean very wisely he's done so because, of course, it's protected from behind by the uh, Armco barrier. But that car has been tucked tied to the side of the circuit. And has Johnny finally got an answer of the uh, green, green car? Well, we, we detected that from, oh, yes, we did, from we? the 7, tracker 17. anyway, but that was, that's a significant clonk of the Armco barrier at Adenauer Forest for 7.17 because the bonnet entirely off that car with uh, huge damage on the front left corner as well for Eric. I've forgotten his surname now, but we said that it was the middle of the, the middle three options one. that you gave me earlier on. I yes, 7.17... Uh, Eric Petrich for MC Rutgen in his BMW 325i. So a point of high drama here as we tick past the halfway point in VLN 6. And all of a sudden, I said those Audis were queuing up for potential podium finishes. Frank Stippler may yet get the chance to stand on two different uh, steps of the podium well, at he, the end of this. Indeed he could because he started the, the Phoenix Racing Audi. That's car number five. That's just changed over from Steve Yance to the third driver, Vincent Kolb. And the driver chasing it is the driver who started the number five because Frank Stippler has taken over from Pierre Kaffer. Only six and a bit seconds down now in the car collection of motorsport Audi. So he's going to harry his own teammates and probably wave as he drives past. And he will be driving past because he is... Uh, a lot, a lot quicker at the moment than Vincent Kolb. As Kolb starts to get up to speed, they'll be together on the track very soon indeed. So will that uh, blue number five Audi stay in second place overall? But out front, it's the number six Black Falcon Mercedes. Manuel Metzger's just taken that over. Cars coming in and out of the pits. Number 23 Mercedes coming out. That should be in a, now what's his fourth place overall. Janine Hill has just taken over and John Schofner will do the final stint. So the British driver will hand over to the American, building on all the work by Fabian Schiller, their German teammate who started from the outside of the front row. But really the story of the race is the fact the 911 Porsche, brilliant, brilliant opening sequence of corners. Fantastic fright, Frank Stippler being challenged and passed by Kevin Estra. Kevin had done all the spade work and has now parked up just past the two-hour mark in this four-hour race. And a uh, heartbreak for him because he, as Johnny pointed out, was so keen to avenge the fact that he lost victory in the Nürburgring 24 hours. was really 
pushing so hard and uh, in very, very tricky conditions early on. He took all the risks. He was uh, looking to reap all the rewards, but right now he would just be a very, very frustrated individual. We can't tell you why the car pulled to the side of the circuit, but the angle at which it was parked, and it very much was parked, not just abandoned, um, suggests that he was able to get, with the help of marshals, to tuck that car away. But something untoward clearly has uh, occurred. And for Manti Racing, so much success in VLN, it's not going to be theirs this weekend. One or two suggestions, again, on Twitter, and thank you for these, to at RSL underscore studio. You can stick in at, uh, at Blackpool Johnny as well, which will draw my attention even more quickly to tweets. Um, right turn lover, as eagle-eyed as ever, the ticker reporting all the latest news from around the track during VLN 6, reporting that the 911 actually hit the barrier at Mootkurva, uh, and right turn lover asks the question too much courage perhaps in the wet weather conditions now not sure whether it was raining at Mutkurva at the time but certainly we knew it was at Adenau Forest and ran towards Metzgersfeld Mutkurva yes is the, is the run up the hill that difficult left hand there where I'm pretty sure that's where that, uh, there was a huge shunt in one of the world TCR races earlier on in the year when they were supporting the Nürburgring 24 hours and uh, one car lifted several feet up into the air after slamming into the barrier on the right-hand side. So very easily, Kevin Estra could have caught a bit of standing water, understeered off into the barrier, and then eventually brought the car to a halt at Klostertal, where it's been parked. Well, there's a little bit of synchronicity. The uh, screen grab we saw with the Grello Porsche parked at the side of the circuit was from the 162 Black Falcon Mercedes, and that's same car we're just riding on board. Windscreen wipers going, track completely wet. We've just passed the same point. You can see the roof of the yellow and green Porsche parked on driver's left and if it wasn't wet the lap he went off which it was it's now fully fully wet but uh, you had to say that Kevin Estra was under no pressure of attack from behind I'm just about to interrupt myself hold on because the number four Porsche has just gone charging past that's Philip Ellis sorry what am I talking about the number two Mercedes with Philip Ellis just on his outlap has just been passed by Klaus Backler in the Falcon Motorsport Porsche but uh, one suggests that uh, Kevin, the pressure was on Kevin Estra because he was trying to build as big an advantage as he could possibly get to hand over to Lars Kern and also close. And uh, just possibly a slipper, but so easy to do. When rain returns, it might have been avoiding another driver who wasn't adapting to the wet as well, or it might have been, as right line, uh, right turn lover was suggesting, just a case of maybe being a shade too brave. But either way, the Grello Porsche parked up no further point in this race will be of interest to them so leading the way the number six black falcon autosport uh, sorry team auto arena motorsport mercedes leading the way one minute and six seconds clear of vincent kolb kolb going backwards by 12 seconds a lap but faster than the pair of them frank stippler in third in that number 32 car collection motorsport audi the red and dark grey version chasing the mid-blue Phoenix Racing example and we'll catch it very soon indeed one thinks and uh, meanwhile behind also going well not so many, well last time around though Janine Hill she's holding down fourth place getting accustomed to conditions and un unfortunately for her the conditions are getting worse and worse in her opening lap and a half right now she's running on greasy track rather than full rain but it's certainly if you or I went out there, you'd go, it's a wet, wet track. Yet, the section towards the end of the lap is still greasy rather than wet. So changing conditions every time around. One hour and 40 minutes still to go. It is 20 past two in Germany at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. 
This race set to continue till four o'clock, obviously dependent on where the race leader is when the chequered flag is due to fly. The chequered flag will wait for the race leader to cross the line at the earliest point after the four hours. It could be just a few seconds after four o'clock. It could be a full lap after four o'clock. So of course, if the leader crosses the line at uh, 3.59 and 59 seconds, then we're going round again. And uh, therefore, the end of the race might well linger on till about 20 past four because you've got back markers to call across the line as well. And a lap time that takes eight, nine, sometimes 10 and 11 minutes, depending on which class you're in. But interestingly, virtually everybody now is on the same pit stop strategy. Even the 32 car that stopped on lap six, therefore a lap ahead of the majority of the front runners, that car has fallen into, well, rather everyone else has adjusted their strategy to fit in with the 32. I was expecting car 32 in at the end of lap 14, which would have been an eight-lap stint, and everybody else in on lap 15. But they've all come in early, I think because this race is now due to go to something like 26 or 27 laps, and maybe seven lap stints from this point on is just about good enough. One of the things I always love about the VLN is the diversity of machinery, but just uh, I, I fell quiet for a moment because I was enjoying Mark One BMW M3 being driven beautifully by, I don't know if it's Konstantin Wolf or Marcus Schaufus, but it just looks so delicate. A contemporary BMW came past, but the, the tidier lines, the, the cleaner lines, if you will, not so aerodynamically effective, of course, it had that large rear wing, but it just looks so delicate and it's light on its toes and being driven really really well indeed of course it's not going for outright victory probably not even going for victory in the third starting class it's running down in the h2 class under two liter uh category and uh, so it doesn't have the ultimate performance but uh, really just wonderful to see that out there and i'm sure an absolute blast to drive they certainly were in period on the latest entry list it's actually only constantin wolf down to drive that car so that uh, determines who is currently at the wheel i knew it was wolf currently but he's got no co-driver very similar to jürgen freiburg if indeed we're going to see the volkswagen corrado back out again the other thing i've just realized is of course this puts the number six car in the box seat for potentially three wins in a row having taken the six hour event at the start of last month the rover Zex Stunden, the ADAC Ruhr Pokal Rennen, and also the four hour race before that, which was the 50th edition of the Adenauer ADAC Rundstrecken Trophy. So, could it be three in a row for Patrick Assenheimer and well, he's changed teammates? His, yeah, he's changed his teammates because the first one of those, it was Manuel Metzger last time out, it was Maro Engel, but uh, for Patrick Assenheimer. He's not fussy, he'll race with anyone, but it's clearly going very well. Advantage last time around was 1 minute and 6 seconds. Vincent Kolb will continue to drop away, when I say about a little bit, in fact in the third of the sectors he dropped 12 seconds. So unfortunately for him it's probably, they'll have to wait and see if there's been a pass. Presumably Frank Stipler has moved the, fi the car collection motorsport ahead of the car that he started, the Phoenix Racing Audi. He's racing two Audis this weekend, 32 and 5. The start of the lap, 32 was in third overall, but such is the pace that as he suddenly appears onto the screens, headlights blazing as he goes through her act and, uh, sorry, dot through dotting her, coming down to complete another app. It looks as though, as his windscreen wipers are still moving across the screen, that he has moved up into second place. No sign in shot as yet. Sorry, that is Vincent Kolb in the background. I think it's simply, I'm, I'm so stupid. I was thinking, of course, that's the car he started the race and they shouldn't have... Uh, to, of course they should have lots of drivers trying different things I'm looking for the dark grey and red car has it moved past has the number 
32 Audi gone ahead of number five. Potentially yes, because it's much. It has been much much faster on this particular lap. However, he it's must pit have stop. Done. Well, though its pit stop was much longer, i.e., 30 seconds longer. So, although some of that time has been brought back again by car 32, just call him across the line. No oh, doubt. Stippler's in the background. God, I uh, thought he'd caught him. Kolb crosses the line. Stippler, as you say, now over the line as well. Now, why was Stippler's pit stop so much longer? Because I can tell you that the first sector for the blue Audi was four minutes, nine seconds. So that's about a minute and 12, as it would normally take you in the dry around the Grand Prix lap, plus your pit stop. So best part of three minutes there for Cole. But it was more like three and a half minutes for Frank Stippler. Now, that's not down to the fact that it had to spend more time in the pits. I'm just trying to think, think, where was he in terms of slow zone? But I know. Say we're only six seconds apart. Hmm. No, it is. It's because it's more time in the pits. Because that car pitted at the end of lap six, so therefore did an eight-lap stint, whereas those around it did only did seven laps. So the 32 cars had to spend longer in the pits, and that's the reason why it rejoined further down the order. It's been taking chunks of time out on that lap, though, and we are going to have a dice on this particular lap with Stippler trying to overtake his own car, effectively, because remember, Frank Stippler started the blue uh, number five car. He's now at the wheel of car 32, and he wants second place for 32. Well, he wants second place for either of his cars, frankly, and there, we could be in a scenario here where Cole will have to have one, uh, one foot on the second step and one foot on the third step. Could be intriguing, like, like a game of Twister. It certainly works for a taller driver, not so much for a short, shorter individual, but <laughs> Stippler ripping great chunks out of time from Cole, but as you would expect, Stippler a pro driver for so many years, just uh, super quick in whatever he chooses to drive, and also just a, a, a mighty racer of historic cars too, able to uh, move across and star at events like the Goodwood Revival, which is next weekend. Hopefully we won't have weather like this, because now at the far side of the track, it is back to full, full wets. And it's taken me half the race to notice there's a there's a fluffy dice hanging around on the wind, inside the windscreen of the number 917 Porsche from Schmickler Performance. So uh, plenty of taste there, some of it questionable, but anyhow, plenty of pace, but all the pace dropping away now because uh, the track is properly, properly wet and there's a rescue vehicle out onto the circuit just in front of the 917 Porsche, indicating no doubt further periods of points on the circuit. As the visibility just falls away. It's a long shot we're being treated to down the dotting of her but uh, you can see headlights and eventually when they've come a whole lot closer you can see cars attached but it really is uh, the spray that's making it look so so very grey indeed and for the drivers it's getting tougher and tougher out on the circuit Ivan Jacoma choosing to uh, have the fluffy dice then in the cockpit in the yellow and black liveried 917 Porsche from Schmickler Performance that car second in cup three and trying to hunt down ultimately the 979 entry which had a really good getaway these two cars dicing in the early stages but now Nico Menzel having taken over the 979 car really establishing that car as the class leader there was certainly a slow BMW V-class car I would have said working its way onto the Dottinger Hoor and it was going at such a slow speed that there was an intervention vehicle sort of shielding it from that, all that racing traffic. So at the very least, white flags being flown, but you can still overtake with a white flag out and uh, not really a, a, too much of a hint of anyone backing off the pace. Well, you can't overtake with the yellow flag out and there's a slow zone with yellow flags at Brunchen. So three quarters of the way around the lap, 
just the drivers might be starting to relax and think I can have that little run down the Dossinger and calm down a bit. So someone has put something off there, waiting to see what it is. It's now the slow zone has advanced to Eshbash, the corner before. This tends to happen. It works its way forward. We've got a BMW creeping its way slowly. That's why we had the rescue vehicle we could see running slowly on the track. He's shielding the Audi safety car. The course vehicle is shielding a BMW that's had a clatter with its front right corner into the barriers and is limping with that front right wheel at a very strange angle. Is it going to get back to the pits? It's moving so slowly now. You almost suggest if it can't pick up the pace, it's got to pull to the side off the circuit completely. That's actually rather than a V4 class type car. It looked more like a 240i racing cup machine maybe from cup five or perhaps a bmw m4 tricky to tell from that sort of distance the 23 car now being driven by janine hill labeled as fourth position this car then is well just heading now into adenau forest i reckon so uh perhaps has dropped just trying to work it out no, i don't think it has dropped the position because peter dumbreck is next on the road and janine hill i mean Talk about Eisbach, the corner you've just labelled. That, that is like driving like on ice into Adenauer Forest. BMW on Dunlop tyres, so that backs up my theory that it's a, one of the M240i racing cup cars, and it starts with a 6 as well, so definitely in that class. 6.52, I make it, with front right suspension failure, and the driver sensibly keeping that corner on the grass. I think this is another Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport prepared car of uh, Boonagel, the driver. So doing a good job to get it uh, vaguely out of the way. Ben. Ben Boonagel from Boonagel. Bonn. It's quite a nice sort Indeed. Of bit of onomatopoeia. Sharing, sharing with Italian Francesco Merlini and Davide Deren as well. But uh, that is looking like end of race, I have to say, for the 652 car. Where was that in class? Go back to this screen. At 14th position, but that's probably after this problem struck. So lap 16 we're on. Incredibly, the leading margin is a minute and three quarters pretty much now for Manuel Metzger at the wheel of the Black Falcon team Auto Arena Mercedes car ahead of Vincent Kolb now in the Audi. But Kolb far more concerned about keeping behind him Frank Stippler. And I think we might be in a situation now where Stippler's ahead, actually. Yes, we are, because he's gone a full nine seconds faster than Vincent Kolb through the third sector. The gap was only 5.3 at the start of the lap, so that must mean that 32 is now up to second position. Stippler wasting no time at all in overtaking his teammate then, but uh, careful as he did so, I'm sure, to make sure that no contact was made. Not expecting Stippler back into the number five because we've got to more than enough drivers to take that car to the flag. We've already had Steve Jantz in there for a stint. And presumably it's going to be Vincent Cole to the finish. Maybe Jantz actually back in for a second stint. Well, 6.52, Ben Bernagel from Bonn has made it back into the pit lane. It looks like his front wheel has already turned into the garage because he's going in a straight line, but the front wheel is at 45 degrees. And he's done very well indeed. And great work by the course officials to put that... Uh, course car tucked in behind it with the lights flashing on the roof and not easy to pick out until the drivers got close but with all the marshals waving their flags the protection car has done what it needed to do that peels off a pit entry uh, to go back and uh, get into a position to serve again but for Ben Bernagel it looks so the 652 Cup 5 BMW 
is about to be parked in the garage for the end of its activities this afternoon. Just under an hour and a half to go and uh, we've got that very tidy lead. Last time we talked about it, it was 1 minute 43 seconds waiting for the next sector time to come through but with every sector uh, Manuel Metzger stretches the advantage for the Black Falcon Mercedes and uh, looking very very good indeed. The next question is how far up the order is Peter Dombrecht going to get in his BMW M6 from Falcon Motorsports because that car well the last lap a little misrepresentative because the car didn't pit so it did a 941 whereas all those ahead which did come into the pit lane doing 12 and a half 13 minute lap times because of the first sector being so tardy give it a boot and a kick the 652 car careful that it doesn't though wheel its way on the dollies all the way into the fast lane but I just wonder whether are oh, they trying to get the wheel off oh, and with it comes loads of uh, turf and leaves so the car's been off into the landscape into the scenery and also smacked the, the Armco barrier I'm sure but I don't think they've given up on this necessarily we're talking about retirement for the Pixim team adrenaline car of Ben Bunagel. well looking at it uh, front right bodywork damage so presumably went out of Brunchen and then maybe put the power down too soon just after the corner went in uh, the next marshals post or somewhere between there and uh, the former then they put the flags out a little bit earlier loads of grass inside the the splitter in front of the radiator so I think across the grass first into the barrier second back off the barrier then limping back but the car now being wheeled back into pit garage of course they want to put as many people onto it as possible we can't do that in the pit lane allowed more mechanics once it goes over the red line that says pit lane on it and being wheeled to the back of the garage for coffee uh, but also for a lot of remedial work 652 BMW uh, had been in the mix isn't anymore it happened somewhere in the third sector actually because that lap that, that sector that would normally take you three minutes in a BMW has taken 12 and three quarter minutes and would you believe that in lap which started so well 32 minutes to get the car home tremendous job from Ben Bunagel but so much time lost and he will have been thinking is it really worth pushing on but he got it home and now the team will embrace the challenge because well even if it takes them half an hour it's still the best part of an hour's racing to do exactly so i mean with these four-hour races most notably with the six-hour race you might as well if your car's fixed get back out there car 32 definitely fixed because it hasn't been broken going on to another lap should be frank stippler now moving up into second place overall just waiting for it to cross the start finish line Two minutes, nine seconds in arrears of Manuel Metzger's number six, Black Falcon Mercedes. Run with Team Auto Arena. Frank Stippler now second in the car collection, Motorsport Audi. Uh, just waiting for the other car that Stippler will be ra has raced this afternoon. The number five Phoenix racing car across the finish line does now. 16 seconds in arrear. That was a very, very good lap. 21 seconds gained by Frank Stippler, but more than that. Well, he's 21 seconds ahead. No, he's not. What am I talking about? Sorry, he's uh, 15, 16 seconds ahead. Yeah, the, include, he gained 21 seconds. So he uh, moved from third to second and is pulling clear, but not yet matching the pace. 20 seconds slower last time around than the race leader. So that advantage between first and second, between Metzger and now Stippler in the 32 Audi, is going out, not in. The other interesting thing from a Conrad Motorsport point of view, uh, remember that Lamborghini Huracan managed to just eke out uh, this impossible lap as far as I was concerned but I think that was down to Axel Jeffries very careful application of the throttle pedal 
managed to do obviously the green flag lap at the start of the race and then a full eight lap stint afterwards that's normally unheard of but Kaylee Di Martino has taken that car over now from the Zimbabwean and car seven second in pro-am basically hunting down the get speed performance Mercedes now the gap's probably a bit too large just depending on Janine Hill's speed and then John Schofner who we are assuming we'll do the final stint in that car but Michele Di Martino no slouch and Michele will be pushing on as hard as possible to try and reel in the class leader SP9 Pro-Am there are separate points on offer uh, for SP9 Pro cars from SP9 Pro-Am and SP9 Am as well although not sure actually how many cars are in the latter um, class one two three cars I've got in this month's race for SP9 and it has been the situation before where we've only had one car in that class so pleased to see that there are a few more points on offer 16 laps now completed for Manuel Metzger and as Bruce has said it's over a two minute lead now for that particular car this, this is if it stays like that easily going to be the biggest winning margin of the year quite so but always there are buts in VLN races this isn't a car heading for outright victory, but the Falcon Motorsport BMW is making its way up the order. Just went uh, up into fifth place overall uh, fairly recently. But uh, Peter Dumbreck, I mean, these are, these are conditions that anyone who's born and lived in their younger years in Scotland are used to. Wet, turning to dry, turning to wet again. And certainly the Scot, uh, fourth in the pro class. He's behind the Janine Hills Pro-Am into Get Speed Performance Mercedes. Uh, he took uh, 21 seconds out of her last time around, so expect further progress from BMW. Desperate to get up towards the podium, but right now looking good to maybe catch up and pass that uh, 23 Mercedes when John Schofner gets on board after Janine Hill's stint, but uh, not likely to get up with either of those Audis, but certainly going very well indeed. And of course, Falcon Motorsport also ran the Porsche at the wheel at the moment, Klaus Backler. Last time around, Klaus put in a 9 minute 45 second lap the next quickest driver was 9 minutes 52, which is uh, Philip Ellis. But the, a lot of the cars in front of them were 20 seconds a lap slower. Just bear that in mind. Certain drivers at the moment really... It's the case, if you've got a well-balanced lineup, you look at Klaus Backler and his teammate Martin Ragginger, it's not as though you take one out and the other one's not going to be on the ballpark, where for a lot of the runners they've got pro-am lineups, and so it's going to fall away when it's in the hand of the A. But when you've got two pros... That means if, even if they're not shining in the first half of the race, they, they are going to be really, really strong come the end uh, or have the potential to do so with two pro drivers. And certainly uh, that's the case in both of the Falker Motorsports car. Peter Dumbreck sharing the BMW with Alex Imperatori and likewise Klaus Beckler sharing Falker Motorsports uh, Porsche with Martin Ragginger. They're fifth and seventh at the moment, but I, I'm sure they're going to go forward. Just back to the point about winning margins. The largest so far this year, a minute and seven seconds 107.411 to be exact that was after 24 laps of VLN 3 and the closest margin VLN 4 after 4 hours and 24 laps just 2.023 of a second and the 6 hour race the top two were divided by nearly 36 seconds but uh, you know the longest race so far by virtually being 6 hours was the 40 lap VLN 5 but we've had a couple of 24 lap encounters as well since then still the possibility I reckon of going slightly longer than that bearing in mind we did 13 laps after two hours so could we get to 26 that was before this second bout of rain hit though and things were notably going in one direction i.e. getting drier and drier but uh, 
very tricky now in the lower part of the circuit, I would say. That plunge downhill out of Arenberg into the foxhole and that out of our forced as you re-emerge as the parting in the trees gets larger. And that area is very greasy indeed. And even if the rain does stop, the track might be frustratingly still wet because obviously the overhanging trees makes it more difficult to dry up. So Manuel Metzger nursing, not the appropriate word really, this huge lead. Two minutes and 8.9 seconds, the gap for the uh, number six Mercedes backed by Auto Arena, winner of the last two VLN races and on course for a third victory on the bounce. Leading from the number 32 Audi of Pierre Kaffer and Frank Stippler, that's car number 32. Stippler's also done a double stint in the number 5 Audi, which is third, currently in the hands of Vincent Kolb. Steve Yance has had a stint at the wheel of that car as well. So Mercedes, Audi, Audi looking like the order at the moment. And it seems unlikely we're going to get a, t a change in amongst the top three. I still think that there may be the opportunity for BMW to squeeze into the top four because Peter Dunbrecht's SP9 Pro car is lapping more quickly than Janine Hill's SP9 Pro-Am Mercedes. And Janine's priority is to stay ahead of Michele Di Martino's Lamborghini because they're fighting for a class win. You know, that said, around the course of this lap, first sector goes to Hill, second to Dunbrecht, third to Hill. So it's not an absolute given that... But winded up over a whole lap, there are certain parts where Janine's very, very good. And towards the end of that was where Peter Dumbrecht seemed to find a whole lot of time. But again, it's constantly changing weather conditions. You can't judge any lap in this race like any one before or after it. Windscreen wipers at the far side of the circuit have to be used. Even on the run back towards the end of the lap, it's wet here again. It started to stop raining. We thought it might start to dry out, but not a bit of it. So that last sweeper... Up to the Brems curve, hard, hard on the brakes for the chicane, and a lot of them having to end up very deep into the corner. They can't find the traction they're looking for, and then they turn from left, sorry, from right to left, and put the power down for the start finish straight. But again, it's we get back to cars kicking up a whole lot of spray. Lap times quite simply all over the place. Some drivers uh, 15, 20 seconds slower than they were the lap before. It's inconsistent because conditions changing absolutely all the time. But Let's wave the flag for now for the top car in Pro-Am. Janine Hill will hand over to longtime teammate John Schoffner to the American racer. Uh, but Fabian Schiller did that brilliant opening stint. They're fourth overall. Di Martino is sixth overall. He's second in the Pro-Am class. Michele Di Martino in the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini. Chipping away at Janine Hill, but uh, at the moment he's having to play second fiddle. Third in class is car 35, one of the many Walkenhorst uh, Motorsport uh, BMW M6s. That's Rudy Adams, who's at the wheel. Jorn Schmidt-Start. At Schmidt Start and Jordan Tresson, the French racer, they're third in SP9 Pro Am, 10th overall. But uh, the race seesawing this way and that, but with the race leading number six Mercedes uh, so far clear, it was two minutes nine seconds clear last time around. I'm waiting uh, for Frank Stippler to follow Manuel Metzger over the start finish line and see if the advantage has gone in or out. And looking at the uh, lap intervals, it's definitely going out. So it's going to be closer to two and a half minutes, one would suggest between first and second, and that is a huge, huge lead by VLN standards. Let's give you a rundown of one or two class leaders as well. The SP7 division is led by another Kolb, so uh, that can't be Vincent because he's already at the wheel of the number five machine, so that's Patrick Kolb who drives the number 80 
Uber Motorsport Porsche 911, which is in the overall standings uh, in 12th position. Cup 3 is led by Nico Menzel for Mulner Motorsport. That's the Cayman class. And 13th overall for car 979. The Mulner Motorsport car sort of checked out from everybody else. Car in the barrier at Adenau Forst, I think. Or well, there had it? been slows at Klostertal. Yeah, okay. Slow zone at Klostertal. Cars on either side of the circuit there. Then, riding with Janine Hill, the, the circuit opens up for them again to a really, really wet patch just beyond. Perhaps it was wet before the corner at Klostertal. And don't forget, who was it who put the nose of the uh, BMW in? It was that car 717, wasn't it? Yes. It was uh, Eric Petrich, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, same section of the track. Yes. Slow zone at Klostertal now listed on our screens. Yeah, now, and then straight after that, says track clear at Klostertal. So, they're working fast. Yeah, looks like uh, everything should be back up to speed now at Klostertal. You're tuned to RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Johnny Parra and Bruce Jones taking you through a, an incident-packed VLN6. So into the Kleiner carousel goes Janine Hill. Just gingerly mossling that car into the left-hander. So tricky, though, towards the end of the lap where the rain has appeared again and really where you want to be applying the throttle as hard as possible to get that slingshot out onto the Dottinger Hur again. It is just feathering the application to make sure you don't give it too much right foot so easily. A Mercedes like this can switch ends, although the modern-day AMG is known to be very user-friendly, particularly for those silver and bronze-rated drivers, because it gives the pilot a lot of warning if it is going to start to swap ends, and also gives uh, the person behind the wheel the opportunity to just readdress the line as well. So this is RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Car number five, the Audi, is in for its latest stop. And car five, the entry from Phoenix Racing. So Vincent Kolb, uh, having taken that car over from Steve Yance last time around. And remember, it was started by Frank Stippler. So from third position, that car pits. Stippler back out into the 32 car, which was started by uh, Pierre Kaffer. And that car's still second on the road. So this is a pit stop at the end of lap 17 for car five. We are... Now, I've, I started this race thinking, is it a 70-minute rule or is it a 75-minute rule? That's crucial as, as we head into the final portion of the race because there is a point where it flips and all of a sudden the length to the chequered flag is judged, by, uh, is judged as your stint length and that determines how long your pit stop is. Irrespective of that, it's going to be quite a long one because even if it is 75 minutes, that car coming in then right at the start of that window, I had a feeling it was more like 70 minutes actually, an hour and 10, and it decreases every single minute to the point when the checker flag is expected, which is 4 o'clock this afternoon, Nordschleife time. But 17 laps done, that car last came in on lap 14. So this is a very early stop, I'm afraid, for car 5. And therefore, I'm going to say, not planned. And one or two of the crew in the cockpit, are they concerned about a steering wheel that isn't playing ball? There'll be buttons on there which deal with all sorts of things. 
and something not well. Absolutely good spot there, Johnny. Yes, working furiously, mechanic. And has that wheel just been popped off? No, it's still still on, mechanic. No, it has been popped off. Is that a new one coming in with the mechanic, or was that the old one that's just been hit with a metaphorical hammer? Uh, they take it off. Tell the driver here's a new one. Put the old <laughs> one back on. Carry on as you were. But uh, Vincent Kolb not yet happy. See the spectral face through. Uh, must be happy enough, or they've told him he's happy because they've closed the door. And that number five Audi, well spotted, Johnny, not just uh, the fact they were changing the steering wheel and working on that, but the fact that it came in out of kilter. This is the car that started on pole position. Frank Stippler challenged, oh, it's going to be wheeled back into the garage, or is that just a 45-degree angle? No, it's back into the garage. So, Audi's hopes of victory, the first one of the, the VLN season 2019, now in the hands of the car collection motorsport Audi crew. But in fairness, it always was. It was a case of them hunting down. Frank Stippler sharing that with Pierre Kaffer. Obviously, a stronger lineup than Stippler's other car, which is Stippler, driver on board at the moment, Vincent Kolb and Steve Jans. They must have been hoping at least for a podium. But now it looks so the mix is going to be Mercedes, Audi, Mercedes, BMW now. So it's a, a position gained there as the car goes back into the garage for Peter Dumbreck in that number four Falcon Motorsport BMW. That said, the second Falcon Motorsport car, the Porsche in the hands of Klaus Bachler, lapping even faster. So they're going to squeeze together. So maybe a Porsche might even get towards the podium. But we only have uh, an hour and 10 minutes and uh, a few seconds, small change remaining in this race. Will we have further rain coming? It's, it was here at the start. It drifted away. It came back a little bit, went away, came back with a bit more vigor. We've had the slow zones. They all mercifully seem to be clear at the moment. So it's a real chance for everybody to just get out there and get on with what they're doing. But it's looking very, very good indeed for that number six Mercedes leading the way in the hands of Manuel Metzger now. Patrick Assenheimer did the hard yards. He's a driver who, if they take victory, it'll be three wins in a row in the VLN for Patrick. So the driver from Heilbronn looking very, very good indeed. will be feeling very pleased with himself, has to be said. But you don't feel pleased for yourself until the chequered flag falls. So he's got to wait a little bit longer. Well, I wonder how much Frank Stippler knows about the dramas for car number five. He's minding his own business in his second drive of the day and keen to get the 32 car home. But, well, he'll probably argue it was absolutely fine under my control. And it's uh, since these lads have taken over, well, Steve Yance as well, uh, a trouble-free stint. But, of course, when you get this amount of rain and spray as well, the moisture can get into all the nooks and crannies on a very cleverly designed GT3 car, but um, they're not watertight. And the um, problem is, of course, that electronics and water do not mix well. So perhaps that is the reason why the car is struggling and presumably some sort of error flashing up on the dashboard for Vincent Cole. Hopefully that car will return to the race, though. Problem at Schwalbenschwanz. Well, there's a problem at Schwalbenschwanz. Slow so, but Janine Hill has spun. Drama for the 23 car, which is now smoking. The number five machine is also being tended to in the pits and in the garage. So Phoenix Racing number five shakes of the head from Vincent Kolb. This was the car that was third on the road and is now half in and half out. But yes, in the wet weather conditions. And was this already an area that had intervention vehicles out on track? It's difficult to tell. Well, we've got another problem at Schwedenkreuz as well. So a third of the way around the lap and then the one we were looking at, Schwalbenschwanz, which is, what, 90% of the way around the lap just before we get onto that long run through her uh, to... Um, 
dotting her to the end of the lap. But Janine Hill, who is in fourth position overall, being hunted down by Peter Dumbreck. So Dumbreck could gain two positions for the Falcon Motorsport Mercedes in short order with the number five Audi still in the pits in third place. Janine Hill in the 23 Mercedes facing backwards at the side of the circuit. So surely the Scott, Peter Dumbreck, will move that BMW up into third. And he's being chased and caught at all instances by the sister car, the Porsche from Falcon Motorsports with Klaus Backler. It's all changing all of a sudden. And Falcon, um, the start of their race did not go too well at all because I had them pitting, I think, just two laps apart. Certainly the number four car came in at the end of lap nine. No, it's slightly more than uh, two laps apart. At the end of lap nine and then just four laps later at the end of lap 14. And that was, I think, Falcon blinking a little bit too early as per tyre choice. Eventually, the number four Porsche was put onto the right tyres and there's no question about Klaus Backler's speed when he's in the mood and has a target a clear target which is at the moment the back of Peter Dumbreck's BMW his teammate Falcon remember running two very different uh, motor racing cars because their job is really to show that Falcon tyres work on both a BMW front engine and a Porsche very much rear engine and think about the weight dispersal across the two axles as well and the fact that uh, tyres can work on well both cars we've seen race winners in the past in the past few years most recently the Porsche of Backler and Raginger and in fact they won this corresponding meeting uh, in 2018. Don't expect any lap in time improvements we're now back to the uh, wet as it's been in any point in the race the number six black falcon mercedes leading the way by well two and a bit minutes but as it goes around you could see every time the wheels are turned the front wheels the water pouring out off the car if anybody was still out there on slicks they're in trouble but the big problem for janine hill facing backwards the car's been pulled out of the gravel now but now needs to be pulled off the grass we heard her switch the end off at one point but uh, she, that car will be plummeting down the order still listed in fourth place overall but uh, any moment now the falcon motorsport bmw and porsche will go past and indeed probably her sister car the other get speed performance mercedes with phil ellis at the wheel will usurp and for john schoffner it looks like he's not going to get a race at all and this is the car that started uh, from the outside of the front row still listed in fourth but for janine hill that little slip up uh, she's being recovered and their race is being squandered that's all happening at Schwedenkreuz, by the way, with thanks to Time Certain Clock and Right Turn Lover again. There's also been a drama in that same area for car 36, which is the third of the three Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW. So 36 initially labelled as moving again. So it stopped at Klostertal, then it moved and then became stationary at Schwalbenschwanz. So that's completely the other side of the track. So we've got 36 at Schwalbenschwanz. That was two minutes ago, and I think still being recovered. And now 23, facing the wrong way at Schwedenkreuz, which is the very fast left-hander which approaches then Arenberg. That whole section resurfaced over the winter period. This is what I was talking about at the start of the, uh, the broadcast, in that you, you come, become used to where all the standing water is at the back end of last season, and it changes uh, when you hit one of the resurfaced areas because the drainage potentially has been improved, but also the flatter parts of the asphalt could be in totally different areas uh, than it was previously. Janine Hill doing a very good job here under the instruction of the marshals to do something like a seven-point turn. Of course, GT3 cars are not designed to be to have their gearboxes move from a forward gear to a reverse gear and there's a clatter every time Janine engages reverse 
I think she's keen to get back involved, though. Well, she certainly is. I said John Schofner wouldn't get a race. He probably will, because maybe we haven't seen the back of the car. It looks as though that might have been against the barriers. Maybe it was just in the gravel. But she's having to work so hard. These cars aren't made, you say, to be driven, you know, swapping between uh, forward and reverse gear, but to be driven at low speeds. No. So turning that front wheel, she's had to get the car through uh, effectively 180 degrees, but it has taken many bites to cherry. She's still not uh, released by the marshals onto the circuit proper, but she's at least got it pointing towards the correct uh, direction. We'll see what the damage is when she brings it back to the pits. But uh, don't forget, uh, a lot of people being caught out by just how hard the rain came down uh, when it came back. And it's wetter than it has been at any point. And it, number 36, uh, BMW actually being wheeled back between the barriers, a gap in the barriers, a broken gap in the barriers. Uh, that one looks like it's going to be out of the race unless they want to recover it from the infield. But uh, it's not the only car that's been pulled in there by the looks of things. Well, that was the car that many were reporting on Twitter that was slow at uh, Schwabenschwanz, the Kleiner Carousel, and then out onto the Dottinger Hur as well. It looks like that car's not got much further. There's also a Code 60. Um, oh, yes, this is all down to the Schwedenkreuz area for the number 23 car, which is still being pushed and... An hour and six minutes still to go, but it looked like actually Janine was facing the right way. She's going again now because that's the engine note you hear in the background. But it, because it's it was a slight incline where she'd ended up on the grass, those just those rear tyres just weren't having a having having a bit of it. She was applying the throttle as gently as possible. But again, this is a racing car. It's designed for the throttle to be slammed to the decks, not to, to just have just mere milli millimetres of application. And uh, all she was getting was a hatful of wheel spin, so urging the marshals to give her a push, which they duly did. Tire changing time. Falkirk Motorsports just listed now in third and fourth, but with the Porsche ahead of the BMW. The reason the Porsche with Klaus Backler has gone ahead of Peter Dunbreck is that Dunbreck has just peeled into the pit lane. What rubber choice do you make? An hour and two minutes remaining in the race. What is the sky telling you? The track is telling you it's uh, very, very wet indeed. Rain is still falling, but for Falkirk Motorsport, they've got to make the decision now for that number three uh, BMW. Maybe next time around for Klaus Backler in the number four Porsche. So uh, we've got four manufacturers in the top four positions. Mercedes leading the way. The number six black Falkirk Motorsport car, Manuel Metzger, sitting on a lead of nearly two and a half minutes over Frank Stippler in their number 32 Audi from Car Collection Motorsport. Falker Motorsports third and fourth, but the fourth place BMW in the pits, but the third place Porsche out on the circuit last time around took a mere 20 seconds off Frank Stippler's pace in that Car Collection Motorsport Audi. But don't forget, there have been slow zones around the circuit, and I think Stippler bore the brunt of those, and uh, we'll see what unfolds. But he's sitting on an advantage of two and a bit minutes over Beckler, so Beckler's got a long, long way to go. The other car working its way forward as it gets wetter and wetter. Philip Ellis should be now about to move up in the Mercedes number two that was started by Dominic Bauman, twitching there as he tries to get the power down a little too soon, has to come off the throttle a tiny bit. Quite simply, if you're not on the right tyres now, it's so wet you will be aquaplaning. If you're not on full wets, you're going to be having a nightmare of a time. And you'll probably be in the wall very shortly as well. But the tricky thing is, of course, as this rain has struck, you might be just starting another lap or, or at least a couple of minutes ago before it was this bad starting a lap. And you can't exactly just duck into the pits in the next couple of minutes. You've got to brave it out all the way around the Nordschleife. So this is where your weather forecasters, your strategists, the engineer basically for each of these cars is so responsible 
for which where, where your race is going to go next. Uh, three pit stoppers at the end of lap 18. And we've got near enough exactly 60 minutes to go. It's 60 minutes and 15 seconds of the latest edition of the VLN Championship. This is the 42nd running of the RCM DMV Grenzland Rennen. You'll tune to RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer taking you through a, a race of so many different parts, um, different twists in the tale. But as we mentioned, Alex Imperatori, uh, or rather Peter Dumbrecht pitting on that lap and handing over to Alex uh, and also stops at the end of lap 18 for car number five, Vincent Kolb, back in again. You have to think for this mechanical drama and with the steering wheel and also the seven car pitting, uh, which is the Comrade Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan, Axel Jeffries back on board. The track is fully wet. In fact, it's wet enough that sitting water shows the raindrops landing on it. It's not just wetting the track, it's flooding the track. Bear that in mind. Windscreen wipers at full speed for all runners around the back part of the circuit. Don't forget, the fastest lap of the race got down to a low, I think it was 8 minutes and 10 seconds or thereabouts. Maybe marginally it was 8 minutes and 5. Doesn't matter. The fastest car on the track last time around 9 minutes 52. There we have... Oh, and a big end to end to end to end to Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini ah. number seven. Axel Jeffries up into sixth place. Don't forget he was running second in, no, just taking the lead in the Pro-Am class because of uh, the problem for Janine Hill in the 23 Mercedes. There is front end damage. The back end of the car has taken a clatter too. Outlap as well. Outlap, so potentially very cold tyres and the car has let go on Axel and that's his first... The first bit of his second stint, if you like, because Michele Di Martino did the middle portion of the race, but the cars made contact with the metal armco, both front and rear. That'll have to be a trip to the pits well, that via would, the back door. He'd effectively just got into the Mercedes Arena. In fact, had he even got that far, going past the bottom of a grand side, I think it's the exit of the Mercedes Arena. I could be, I could be correct in no, there. I think you're right. It's the Mercedes it Arena in the background, yeah. and then the cut through just in front of him. So effectively, four corners into his stint, and he nearly done four corners on the car. The uh, Zimbabwean driver will be hugely upset with that. But uh, I've just been talking about how the track—you could see the water sitting on it, not just a, a wet track. It was effectively a very, very shallow lake, and unfortunately, he took to the uh, mud. Front right-hand corner, the headlight is missing. Fair play. He's not going in the pits, though. Onto the hats and back. Wow. So he goes, well, I've made the mistake. I'm going to have to live with it. Uh, not gonna, it's not going to gain me any time by pitting. So let's just see how long it lasts. It might all be superficial. Well, you tend to think that. But one, one element that's missing isn't just uh, something to be um, cosmetic. It's a headlight. So bear in mind, if he's coming up on slower cars... They will only see one headlight, not two. They might have trouble knowing which side of the car is the side closer to them. It's going to be harder for them to uh, allow him position. But I'm slightly worried about flapping bodywork on that. The damage to the rear of the car is compression. The damage at the front end has parts hanging off. It might just be a loose bit of bodywork. The headlight has either disappeared into the wheel arch or I think probably popped out and be left by the barriers. But uh, that was a slip up. And still running in sixth position, but obviously his first sector of the lap rather slower than planned by to the tune of two and a half minutes by the time he got it pointing in the right direction and going all over again but uh, no in fact that also includes the time in the pits doesn't it so uh, but come on may a blot on the copybook there for conrad motorsport always there or thereabouts but so often in the vln seems to just end up with the uh, wrong end of the stick to the extent their best result this year is a fifth place for michele de martino 
and uh, no better showing than that as yet. And Axel Jeffries, so many years of racing Lamborghinis, you'd expect, um, you know, he is normally at the top of his craft. But this afternoon, just caught out by the fact he was probably told it was wet in the pits, but it was much, much wetter than he expected. Now a problem for the number two Mercedes, no headlights working oh, in the yes. car. They're on the car, but they're not on on the car. That could be a, a flagging incident that will have to come they've got to get the message to him now are they stopping working because the water's got in the electrics but that is a, a moving dangerous item on the circuit phil ellis who's been running really well fifth place overall coming into the pit so maybe they got the message to him maybe he just decided it was time for new tires but they've got to get those headlights fixed well that's the 23 car isn't it when did i last have that coming down pit lane Lap oh that was 23 14. not two sorry so it wasn't phil ellis i beg your pardon it was uh this Janine is Janine Hill. Yes, who's been in the wall, hasn't she? She's been in the fence at Schwedenkreuz, so the two things may well be connected. And not a great surprise, therefore, to see the car coming down pit lane after it was stranded on the grass for a long period of time. So that will be uh, 19 laps completed, I think, for that particular car. Or is it 18 laps for car 18, 23? 18 okay. as it comes into the pits. She lost a good lap. A bit. So let's take yes. a look. The bodywork damage is absolutely minimal on that car. As John Schoffner comes out of the pit garage, the warmth and dry of the pit garage, Janine's out of the car. John's getting in. It does seem to have minimal damage. We can see the headlights aren't working on the Rooster Rojo number 23 Mercedes, not the number two. So sorry for that. Same team, different, uh, different numbers. Janine is uh, busy strapping John into the car. That's John Schoffner. For Fabian Schiller, his, his day is run most likely in that car, but I just want to see the front end of the car. I can see the driver being strapped in, but I want to see what is the damage. If we could have a walk around on the car, it'd be absolutely fantastic just to see. But for a lot, I think you were right, Johnny. The car was sitting, unable to get any traction to get back off the wet grass at the side of the circuit. But bodywork damage from the right, or the left-hand flank of the car, one can see none. Of course, this is the Pro-Am battle, and the car it's up against is Axel Jeffries' Lamborghini Huracan, which has also been in the wall. So all of a sudden, Rudy Adams in the 35 BMW might be thinking, we've got a chance here of a class victory, potentially, because car 23 in after 18 laps. The last time this car stopped was lap 14, I have it. So this is a much earlier stop than planned, but it is expected that this car come, come in because it had so much time facing the wrong way at Schwedenkreuz, uh, full marks to, to Axel Jeffries for um, managing to, to head out onto the hats and back. We'll see whether we get him back again at the end of lap 19, but thumbs up from John Schoffner to all those at Get Speed. And now this is his first opportunity to see how the car's behaving. We don't know yet whether Janine Hill made any contact with the barrier at Schwedenkreuz. She may have done a, an expert job in actually keeping it out of the wall. And we do know that the marshals delicately were getting her to point in the right direction again there might be the hint of a bit more sunshine in the sky above but it's certainly not drying up down at turns one two and three the mercedes arena after the latest downpour want to be sure that the number 23 mercedes does have working headlines it could well be that yes he does i just wonder if uh, in trying to get the car turned around in that seven point turn that janine might have knocked the lights off but anyhow racing Possible. in full wet conditions you need your headlights on. A bit of a twitch there from John Schoffner going through the Mercedes arena and he went, God, they weren't kidding. There was uh, no traction. The reason, in fact, he had to go offline, he was getting past Alexa. So just as he set himself up for the corner, diving into the spray of another car, he found the other car was uh, somewhat slower, had to adjust his line. I thought he was just going in too fast. So apologies to John there. Doing the right thing. But again, it just goes to show 
It is super, super slippery out on the circuit. The 23 Mercedes back into the race. We thought it was done. It's race over for the afternoon, but Janine Hill, after that rotation, got it back onto the circuit, back to the pits, changed to John Schoffner, and he's heading off to see if he can take the Pro-Am victory. But uh, right now it's still listed as the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini, but we know that didn't get... Um, uh, the best of starts to its lap. It's middle stint. It's dropping away from the pace now for Axel Jeffries. But again, that could be other incidents and uh, clusters of cars. But we do know that Conrad Motorsport uh, Lamborghini only has one headlight and a bit of tail end damage as well. Hopefully no further damage. Because with uh, 50 minutes or so of racing, it's got to hold together to the chequered flag at the end of four hours for this VLN6. But uh, sudden flurry as yet more rain came of incident one always related to another here at the Nürburgring and uh, so for John Schoffner wants to press on but doesn't want to make any errors so better to err on the side of caution as he uh, goes through Hatzenbach gets a feel for how wet it is yeah not not applying the throttle as we would have heard in the uh, drier times in the race even in the with the race starters when it was slippery but this is the slipperiest it's been all race and John's doing exactly the right thing as he gets the feel for the car, gets the feel for where the water is sitting on the circuit. Yeah, and of course, he probably wasn't even out in qualifying this morning. Fabian Schiller doing the majority of that session, although it's a reasonably long session, so there is the opportunity for one or two drivers to be cycled through. Um, and a question of remembering back to that early portion of the day, qualifying starting as early as 8.30, and... I'm sure John saw the skies clearing, thinking, ah, just in time for Meister. Brilliant, perfect sunshine, dry tarmac, no problem at all. And then the rain arrived again. And it looks like it's actually set in now for the rest of this race. 50 more minutes to go to the chequered flag. We're on lap 20. Manuel Metzger driving for Black Falcon Team Auto Arena with their number six car in the black and white livery with the little orange details here and there. Uh, being driven so expertly by Patrick Assenheimer at the start of the race. And Manuel Metzger, sadly, his car in the SP7 class has hit various hiccups. Remember, the 57 car had to stop on back-to-back -back laps with what I'm guessing was either a, a cooling problem or an electrical issue that they were struggling to rectify. So Manuel Metzger has done a stint in that SP7 car, but unlikely to be getting a class win there. However, his other mount... The number six Mercedes is going very nicely indeed. The gaps come down. Now, that was to a car that eventually... Oh, and Knuffy's off in the gravel. About to say the gap came down to a pit-stopping number 32, Frank Stippler, who I reckon the 32's probably done its, fast, its final stop of the race now. And Stippler staying at the wheel of 32. But Knuffy's uh, rear wheels spinning in the gravel. This will be on the Grand Prix track somewhere. And the 155, fifth place in SP8T. When you say on the Grand Prix track, I think you have to say near the Grand Prix track. True. So yes. it's the kink before you get to the S's, the rising S's as you complete the Grand Prix lap. But uh, probably about 20 metres from the edge of the circuit from the points in which he left. Onto the very thin strip of grass, then deep in the gravel, facing backwards, having gone through effectively about... Uh, 110 degree rotation and uh, caught out on the early part of the lap and frankly the conditions are so foul now with just under 50 minutes remaining you could be caught out absolutely anywhere the track super super wet the visibility frequently right down to very very little indeed so caution is required 
And in that gravel trap, it is Axel Koenig who has had a moment, lost the car into the gravel. What about Axel Jeffries? Done incredibly well to complete that lap. And unsurprisingly, that Lamborghini Huracan run by Conrad Motorsport is now going to head into the pits. It looks very, very second-hand indeed after Axel clattered the barrier at least on two separate occasions, front and rear. And the rear left light cluster is still functioning, but the rear right's been knocked off completely, I think. Franz Conrad will be there, I'm sure, overseeing the work. And quickly the team are in action, trying to pull bits of bodywork away from its internal parts. A lot of this is superficial, as I say, particularly the front end. And I don't know whether Axel has been reporting any steering damage, but the inner wheel arch is now visible. There are various panels missing on the front right corner, including the hole of the headlight, which is gone as well. And the car being wheeled via the dolly jacks into the garage. They've only got 47 and a half minutes to try and get this car fixed and back out again. Of course, their nearest rivals in Pro-Am, SP Pro SP9 Pro-Am, have also had issues too. Yeah, so th still listed in the lead, that number seven, Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini, lead of the Pro-Am class in, seventh, in sixth overall. Eighth place listed second in Pro-Am. John Schoffner, the 23 Mercedes from Get Speed Performance, but potentially coming through to pass the two of them uh, for Pro-Am honours. In ninth overall, the number 35 Walken Horse Motorsport car at the moment, Rudy Adams at the wheel. He's hunting down John Schoffner. We've got to see where they are when we get to the end of their sectors. That's the number six Mercedes for Black Falcon comes up to complete 20 laps. Look to see what the intervals are, but we could have Adams uh, moving up uh, to second in the prime class or possibly even into the lead. And from the lead of the race, Manuel Metzger into the pits to make his pit stop. And so it'll be a chance, presumably, to hand that back. Number six crew changing around and Patrick Assenheimer to take it to the finish. Or did Patrick do the first half of the race and Manuel the second? It's quite po And also, Manuel's got more scope now. He's got out of his other car. Horrible anywhere around the circuit. It's cool. It's wet. Spray hanging in the air. Tricky, tricky conditions on the Nürburgring Nordschleife. But that's what makes the VLN such a multifaceted championship. No race is ever the same as any other race in the VLN. I mean, it's extraordinary and uh, that's why drivers love it they love the challenge of the circuit they love the challenge of the weather and the temperature change and all sorts of uh, external factors that can just add yet another twist to the VLN and certainly this is one of the more dramatic races it hasn't been tight 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 at the front because of Kevin Estra's masterclass in the first half of the race where he put that Mante Porsche into the lead of the race it was chased but actually at a diminishing rate by the number six Mercedes, but with the 911 Porsche pulled off at the side of the circuit, whether it slid off on slightly greasy conditions, but come what may, out of the lead of the race with uh, at pretty much half distance. It's now all about the Black Falcon number six Mercedes sitting on an advantage. Last time around, it was two and a bit minutes. Frank Stippler uh, is giving chase in the 32 car collection Audi, but uh, we'll see what the, the gap is. Can tell you what, though. Franz Conrad, he's been working in racing for about 50 years. He's still working in racing. He's still trying to pull that front bodywork true on that number seven Lamborghini, see if he can get it fixed. But I must say, Franz, motor racing keeps you young. Look at him. He looked like that 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, the new bumper is on. The new front splitter has been attached. And thankfully, it looks like the relevant lugs and clips are still in the right place as well. Just a bit more 
shoving, and it, I think much of it is actually. I know it's it is being screwed in rather than cable tied, so. Well, yeah, suggests it's all sort of square underneath, doesn't it? Vaguely, so yeah. And um, Axel Jeffries will have been able to, I mean, having done a whole lap of the Nordschleife, he'll be able to report back to the team as to whether it's a goer or not. And clearly he wants to get back involved. The race leader, though, having come in with this over two-minute lead over everybody else in this race, very neatly placed indeed. Just allowing now the clock to tick down. This is its final stop. And remember... The minimum pit stop time is now uh, is now mapped to the end of the race rather than the stint that the car's just done because we're inside the final 70 stroke 75 minutes. Need to check the regulations officially for that. I feel it is 7-0 minutes and that decreases the closer you come into the pits, closer to the chequered flag. I noticed that uh, for Manuel Metzger, who does indeed stay on board, fogging of the windscreen and also the side window is a bit of an issue as he darts up the inside there of the SP7 leader. So that is the number 80 Huber Motorsport Porsche 911 GT3. And saw the race leader coming and uh, made a lot of space for him because uh, the SP7 car's nearest rival bearing in mind number 80 is 10th overall the next SP7 car down in 25th so a clean run to the finish is required but nothing too heroic I just want to give you a gauge as to how wet it is I was just watching that auto arena Mercedes the number 6 car going splashing its way through the Mercedes arena and the inside of the corner the puddle is almost up to the edge of the curbing that's on the muddy bit outside the curbing but anyone who hooks a wheel in there is, is very very much at risk of going for a spin they just lose the front end of the car in fact lose is the operative word the camera, camera crews constantly lose these cars it's so dark in the spray it almost looks as though night has fallen even though it's only just gone quarter past three it's the start of September it could easily apart from the fact there are leaves on the trees be November in this light but car collection motorsport uh, doing their best in this race Frank Stipper is that going to move him up into no he's uh, of course with the pit sequence uh, he's down in third Falcon Motorsport Porsche now up into second and uh, different pit sequence but uh, for Klaus Backler it's been slowly slowly and advancing up the field from sixth at the start and uh, just picking his way forward and Johnny again it's about teams probably having to guess in advance how wet it was going to be in this race for how long Falcon Motorsport if there's ever a team that pays attention to weather conditions because it wants to show its tyres at the very best not just on the Porsche but on the BMW they are the team and they have so many years of racing in the VLN right now they've got their Porsche up into second place overall the sister car the BMW now back in the hands of Alex Imperatore's up to fifth but that pitted a lap ahead of some of its rivals as I expect the uh, BMW to work its way up from there maybe a double podium for the crew it's possible. I think Klaus Backler still needs to do a final stop, though. Remember that they went a bit too early with their initial tyre change, had to come in just four laps later and get onto slick tyres, which was the right tyre at the time. And I reckon, unless I've missed a stop for car four, the last time it made a pit stop was on lap 13. So it ha will have to stop at the end of lap 21, which is the lap it's currently on. So we'll see car four in, I reckon. Car six is fine to the finish now. And likewise, car 32, the Audi of Frank Stippler, that came in at the end of lap 19. So that should see it to the finish as well because we're never going to get to 27 laps now. OK, the Lamborghini from Conrad Motorsport taped up. In fact, black tape on a, a, 
a black wing doesn't show up too much but there's still only one working headlight the driver's left side head headlight so he's got uh, not just diminished ability to see through the murk but also diminished ability for those he's catching to see him tail end of the car less tape on that uh, required but uh, they've done a very very tidy job there and again you can't overestimate how important it is to have experience not just experience to get the right setup the experience to know how quickly and how effectively to handle a car that's been clattered into the barriers and so they wanted to make the bodywork as firm as it possibly can because anything loose will become far looser as you go around at racing speed and so uh, the diligent application of uh, masking tape of tank tape of uh, crocodile tape that sticks it all together uh, has been done very well indeed by Conrad in fact blink and you can hardly see it on the car it's just the missing headlight that gives it away did very well did Axel Jeffries to actually avoid any damage to the rear wing because that sits so high up in the on the car uh, the clang into the barrier as now Axel goes straight into a double wave yellow which is potentially even slower than that with maybe a code 60 around the corner so this is the uh, hats and back bogan the right hand kink that leads up towards the Vidal Chicane. Of course, we had the 155. Oh, uh, we do know about that, yes. Gosh, that took a very long... I just presumed it had been cleared during that time. We hadn't seen it for a while, but it was so deep into the gravel, that uh, GT4 class Mercedes, that it took quite a while for the tractor to get through, hook it up, and very, just about now the front wheels are about to reach the grass again. But as I said, it was 20, 25 metres away from the edge of the circuit after that fast left hand. You can imagine the scene going down into the corner, grip, grip, uh, no grip at all, straight yeah. on into the gravel. Uh, that has been withdrawn and uh, of course one of the big perils there is uh, the tractors the rescue tractors are fitted with uh, sweeping brushes there's a lot of gravel scattered at the point the cars would normally be going but hopefully they can be alerted to that and stay to drivers right as they come down the hill before they go into the hats and back bogan and then the track kicks up again to the s at the top of the slope but uh, clearly signs of uh, scattering of the gravel yeah and that will need to be uh, paid close attention to by all that are still in the race just to ensure that punctures are avoided and also as you fly through that right-hander the Bogan right-hander at turn 12 of the Grand Prix Strecker um, that's precisely where you want the grip it's downhill but it's uh, in the dry flat out pretty much a kink rather than a, a, a turn as such right out of uh, turns 9 and 10 uh, sorry 10 and 11 on the Grand Prix track which again are tricky by no means as fast as the Michael Schumacher S which uh, we're not running as part of this Nürburgring Nordschleife iteration that's uh, that does feature on the Nürburgring 24-hour circuit but unsurprisingly Axel Koenig having to come into the pit straight from the gravel just presumably to make sure that there are no stones in awkward places between brake calipers and starting to affect suspension parts and also uh, you run the risk of shattering a brake disc if you've got a bit of gravel in there being uh, clamped onto the brake disc by the, by the brakes themselves. Uh, and also another factor, when you've been sitting in a spun car that's uh, hot on the inside and it's cooler on the outside and it's wet, you have a massive, you often get really, really steamed up. He possibly yeah. has that to address as well. But the, the main point is to check, as you explained there, you don't have bits of stone where you don't want them. And if they are there, even if it's not affecting the performance car there and then, uh, the noise they make uh, enough to make a, a driver who's probably realises no chance of outright victory today um, put it away get it checked out and then uh, go from there so fingers crossed we will see the 155 Knuffy as it's uh, 
known to its friends, the 155 SP8T car again. Um, SP8T as a class is being led by uh, Gabriele Piana for Black Falcon. Um, and that is another one of the Team Knuffy cars, but 152 rather than 155. So Piana ahead of the Dre Spring driven Schubert Motorsport BMW M2, car number 159. And third in that class is the 772 entry. And 772 is a BMW M4 GT4 with Manuel Amweg at the wheel, having uh, already, I think, seen stints from Florian Wolf and Arne Hofmeister sharing the Leuthäuser Racing and Events BMW M4. Um, just take this opportunity to run through one or two of the other class leaders. Um, SP8, although in the pits, Peter Turting leads SP8 for Rent 2 Drive Familiar Racing in his Porsche 911 GT3 Cup MR. SP7 is still being led by Patrick Kolb for uh, Huber Motorsport, again in another Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. Uh, SP9 Pro-Am in the hands of Axel Jeffries, although that car, as we know, has just had a lengthy pit stop, so I think that'll put Rudy Adams out front. Are they both on the same lap now? Yes, according to the timing, they're both on lap 20, but I've got Rudy Adams further around the lap than the rejoining Axel Jeffries. So even though it looked unlikely maybe 30 or 40 minutes ago, the third-placed SP9 Pro-Am car now leads the class. That to be confirmed at the end, end of the lap, but of course because of the dramas for Janine Hill at Schwedenkreutz and because of the issues with Axel Jeffries going nose and rear into the barrier between uh, the Mercedes Arena and the cut-through, uh, yeah, the Volkenhorst Motorsport BMW neatly placed now at the head of the class. Cup 3 is led by the 979 Mulner Motorsport Porsche Cayman, kind of ever thus really after it had a really good start and the max cruiser racing volkswagen golf in its gold black and white colors car number 10 is leading uh, the tcr category tcr of course taking over the world of touring car racing in recent years and uh, it's very much present on the uh, vln grid as it is in series like the 24h championship as well and andreas Goulden doing the current stint in that Volkswagen Golf. In fact, Goulden probably in that car number 10 to the finish now. Well, Manuel Metzger coming up to complete another lap, going past some of the tail enders, exerting a little bit of caution now. It'd be crazy to make take too many risks, sitting on an advantage of last time around three and a half minutes. The spray getting worse and worse. Now, what's happened? We had heavy rain before, but it dissipated, and then gradually the spray dropped away. But right now, it's still raining Full, t full pelt, the driver's certainly not driving at full pelt, but uh, as we say that, the number six race leading Mercedes gets in very close company through the first sequence of corners, but uh, has the performance to drive around it, but you just did, he just didn't want one of the slower cars coming across onto his nose, bending some dive planes, possibly even, even risking uh, a puncture for Manuel Metzger, so he really hung onto the anchors there put them out, slowed that number six Black Falcon Mercedes and uh, gets through the Mercedes arena in his Mercedes fittingly uh, without any damage but it just goes to show at no moment can these drivers back off because they're going to be coming across the back marking cars uh, with great regularity and you have to hope they've seen you as well as you've seen them but anyhow no problems at all 
there for Manuel Metzger, the German leading the Austrian racer Klaus Backler, waiting for Backler to come across the line in second place in the Falcon Motorsport uh, Porsche, not the Falcon Motorsport BMW, that's uh, three places further back in fifth, but wait and see what the gap is, but three and a half minutes last time around. So it's going to be, well, the number six car has made a stop, so um, Klaus Backler hasn't yet pitted, expecting the Austrian in at the end of this lap, however. And, and he comes in. There you go. Right on cue, Johnny. So last pitted at lap 13, and so that has been an eight-lap stint for Klaus Backler, guesting in one of the 24-H series races at uh, Portimao at the start of July. And a driver change, so Martin Raginger to take this car to the finish, therefore. Looks unlikely that these duo, this duo is going to be able to repeat the feat of 12 months ago when this Porsche, or a, a number four Porsche, can't uh, say for sure that it's the same chassis, but number four Porsche took victory in VLN6 in 2018. New tyres being bolted to the car. Unsurprisingly, they are wet weather Falcon tyres. So 21 laps now completed. The race leader, car number six, Mercedes of Black Falcon Team Auto Arena. And this will put Frank Stippler back into second place now. Stippler having made his final stop. And a question now of keeping things clean to the finish. There's going to be a little bit of a race on, though, as far as Falcon are concerned, to try and get this podium finished because Phil Ellis is through onto another lap, isn't he? And that's 21 laps completed for Philip Ellis in the number two Get Speed Performance Mercedes. So this is crucial time being lost now by Falcon Motorsport because that should put Mercedes number two into third position with just 30 minutes to go. Headlights aglow. Cars difficult to pick out in the murk. And it's not the mist, it's the spray, the hanging moisture. All drivers out on the circuit being incredibly careful now. Phil Ellis flashing the headlines. The number two get speed performance. Mercedes way quicker through the hats and back. Bogan up the slope. He's got two cars to thread his way through before he gets the S's. And I think, again, having to go, right, I've got to cut my speed. I've got to not have a collision with these uh, drivers in cars from a different class. And unfortunately, is that Di Martino at the mm. wheel? No, it's, the, it's just the 20. other. The number 20 uh, Frank, oh, Frank Pereira of all drivers, the pro driver in the number 20 lineup from 10th place overall, has gone for a rotation. This is the car that had to start at the back of the pack. Pereira showing that with Heiko Hamill, who did the first into the race, then Dieter Schmidtman. And Frank on the car, possibly to see if it, how far up the top 10 he could propel it. But the only place it's been propelled is into the gravel, facing backwards. That's just heartbreaking, though, isn't it? Because you qualify the car in the morning in third position, then presumably they're done for something some breach of the regulation or a track limits infringement which puts them to the back of the grid and you spend the whole race getting back up to where do they go 10th position and now the car's potentially out again <laughs> yeah and I think me. that was at the Vidal chicane it seems to be facing backwards but unfortunately the imperative there it's in the gravel uh, we know it's hard to, I'm just waiting for the cameras to swing round as the uh, the the Falcon Motorsport Porsche goes up the slope. Is it at the top of the slope? Just waiting for it to rise up to the chicane. Just off our left, when we look at the big screens. Can't see any yellow flags no. being waved there. Can't see any yellow. Maybe it's slightly further around the lap. But uh, let's see. Listed as though. Well, Vino, actually, Vino Bogan at 42. Post 42. Yeah, and the about ye right. yellows have now been withdrawn. Apparently. Okay. So oh, maybe well, quick recovery. Perhaps. Maybe Franck was able to 
recover himself or the marshals were able to get a, a snatched vehicle to him rather swiftly but hopefully that sees the 20 car back in the race because i'd love to see those guys at least with the race finish having driven brilliantly well so far when I mean, we had a fastest lap of the race at the time for dieter schmidtman when he was driving uh, heiko hamill started the car and Frank Pereira now to the finish. Meanwhile, for Schmickler Performance, the yellow and black Porsche that has been running second in Cup 3, still there and sensing victory just 7.9 seconds off the back of the 979 Mulner Motorsport car. Remember, Mulner been dominant in this event so far, but uh, is that Moritz Krantz doing the driving currently in 979? We've got several... Uh, drivers with the surname Krantz, but it it is Moritz Krantz, yes. In fact, Moritz down to drive a couple of cars. The 123, which has been in dramas all afternoon, and now the 979. But it looks like it, it might be losing time to the car in second position in Cup 3. So a race to the flag in that division. It's also very close indeed in SP10. The 12th and 13th placed cars overall, Eichenberg and Tristan Vidas, just separated by 15 seconds, with Vidas looking like he's got the measure of the car in front. One of the things when you observe a race with as many cars as started this one, more than 150, close to 160 cars, is trying to look at respective speed and to watch even the front runners who should be consistently on the pace the track will allow them to format. We have these incidents. You suddenly think, well, how has that driver gained 20 seconds in one lap? It was all in one section. They happened to hit a slow zone or waved yellows and came off. And um, you'll find it swings back again the following lap if they're lucky. But often the driver could be sitting on a very, very tidy margin. Then suddenly it comes down by a factor of two. And uh, so a lot more to do. But what we can tell you, it's listed as 1 minute 20 seconds. The gap between Metzger in the race leading six Mercedes and Bechler, sorry, now Raginger, his fellow Austrian, in the Falker Motorsport Porsche. But uh, it but has been up and down. But if you're Falker, it was down and then it became up. They didn't start the race well. Their cars were starting from uh, 12th and 8th in this race, but uh, they're certainly way higher than that right now. They're running 5th and 2nd. That 1 minute 20, of course, was timed as the Porsche came in Into for its pits. pit stop. So It was 3 minutes 30 the lap before, so let's call it half of that. Yeah, there so that's. that's slightly misrepresentative. If you're attuned to us both in sound and vision, graphics on the screen showing the number 4 Porsche in second. Put that down to probably 4th or 5th now as it's rejoined with new driver Martin Ragginger at the wheel. So... I reckon on my lap chart, Frank Stippler running second, Philip Ellis into third. Well, he definitely is because we called him through across the line in third position. So that puts Raginger probably fourth and maybe fifth, depending on where Alex Imperatore's BMW uh, is in the shake-up. We'll get a better idea as they cross the line at the end of lap 22. And they are all a clear lap ahead then of the new Pro-Am leader, Rudy Adams, who chairs that, uh, that drive with Schmidtstadt and Jordan Tresson in the BMW number 35. Unlikely as the SP9 Pro-Am leader uh, uh, probably an hour ago because it had both the 23 Mercedes and the 7 Lamborghini ahead of it. But they've hit problems within about 10 minutes of one another. That puts the Vulcan Horst entry into 6th and as the class leader. Then you've got Emmanuel Collard in the 17 Audi 7th. 8th position for the number 80 Porsche of Patrick Kolb. 
leading its class, that's SP7. Another BMW, Jody Fannin now at the wheel of the number nine BMW M6, which is a pro entry. And Franck Pereira, despite being off in the gravel, potentially still in 10th position in a recovering number 20 Lamborghini. Right, what we have for the first time in a while, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to. There are no slow zones, no waved yellows, but maybe that will allow us at last a chance to actually see the pace at which these cars are running. As I've said, you get a slow zone and suddenly you could lose 20 seconds in one sector. Still so much scope for more to come out because conditions horrible halfway around the lap. It's full windscreen wipers and hope your blowers can get your, cleans, your screen clean. And not all of them are managing to do that right now. But uh, if we can have a clear lap and see the drivers stretch their legs to the best of their abilities, whatever the lap time is, don't, don't forget the fastest lap of the race was, I think, an eight-minute and five-second lap. Last time around, the fastest drivers were doing uh, 10 minutes 14, 10 minutes 14, and that was uh, Frank Stippler, the car collection motorsport Audi. So conditions are... I don't know if they're getting any worse now. I think they've sort of levelled out at full-on horrible here at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. But uh, these drivers are made of stern stuff. VLN6 is proving to be a race of attrition. A race in which the number six auto arena Mercedes entered by Team Black Falcon. Leading and leading comfortably. Ten minutes, two second laps. So, yes, in fact, I think the, the it's not getting worse. And with no yellow flags that time around, it enabled them to, to lap at around the 10-minute mark, but for Manuel Metzger, looking good. He had a, a victory with Patrick Assenheimer, not last round, the round before. Last round, he was a, didn't get to share the winning car because Assenheimer won again, but it was Mauro Engel as the other driver, and this time it's Metzger back, and certainly for Black, Falk, uh, Black Falcon, it's looking very, very good. This their Team Auto Arena car being pushed as hard as the driver dares in very, very tricky conditions. But Metzger, one of those drivers that is sort of plug and play, if you like. You put him in a car and it, go, it instantly goes very quickly indeed. He's a former winner of the Nürburgring 24 hours. And that was in a very dramatic finish in 2016 uh, when he took victory with, I think Bert Schneider was part of the lineup that year. Let's just have a look. Certainly Adam Christodoulou was. Yeah, Schneider, Maro Engel, Adam Christodoulou and Manuel Metzger, who at the time... Very many of us at Radio Show Limited didn't really know a great deal about Manuel Metzger. Well, we certainly did after that event because you could argue during his stints the race was won and lost because there was no question about the pace of the other three guys. It was a question of him putting in the good times. Uh, the 33-year-old from Rickenbach and uh, has uh, raced for Black Falcon in the Dubai 24 hours already this year together with a lot of Blanc Pan Asia races as well. You mentioned Bernd Schneider, and mm. I, some of you may have missed this, but he's announced which his last race is going to be. It's the oh, end of really? this year in November. It's the Intercontinental GT Challenge 9, or is it 10 hours? 9 hours, I think, in Kyle Army. And the great man is finally going to stand down. I mean, there's been no reason to do so. It doesn't matter what sort of Mercedes you put him in. Bang, he's on the pace, and he's been like that for decades. Lovely man out of the car as well, but I think uh, he has decided enough is enough, and uh, maybe he'll... Head straight on to Safari as he starts the, the next <laughs> chapter in his life from uh, the circuit just outside Johannesburg. So uh, for all of us who have enjoyed his, his company and his form over, over the decades, many decades, so many successes, best of luck for your retirement. But don't go just yet. Do, let's see what he can produce in that final round out in Kyle Army in November. Amazingly, a five-time Deutsche Tour and Wagen Masters champion, Mercedes brand ambassador, 
you know what they did at the start, to do, the start sure. of each year they just uh, they put his name on the trophy <laughs> thought it was easier to do that way and if someone else started to win they quickly put another another plaque on it just get a new sticker out yeah but uh, those were the rarer occasions I remember him a few years ago debuting the Mercedes uh, AMG GT4 as well they were uh, testing that car before it became officially homologated in an event at Spa one of the 24H series races year before last I guess that was and uh, yeah, he'll still be a key man in Mercedes and uh, someone to, to go to the well to be wined and dined frankly oh, he's earned he's it that's it. for sure later, later on in, the, yeah, in uh, the presentation of new cars potentially we've got the, the new AMG GT3 to be launched officially for next year of course I'm sure he'll be involved with that as well it's already had an outing at least one outing uh, earlier on in the year at Portimao Back to the matter in hand. We are inside the final 20 minutes of VLN 6 then. And the gap as the cars cross the line for the 22nd time is more representative. Yes, it's been over two minutes. Well, it's now been whittled down to a minute and 43 or 44 seconds, call it, uh, between Manuel Metzger and Frank Stippler. Mercedes versus Audi. And in third position is another Mercedes, the car of Philip Ellis, that was uh, started by his teammate uh, Dominic Bauman. So that's the number two get speed performance Mercedes, which runs second, uh, runs third on the road. And how close is the fourth place fight? Well, Martin Raginger, as we described at the time, taking the number four Porsche, the Falcon Motorsports 911 GT3R, he took that car over from Klaus Backler and it has rejoined in fourth position, so ahead of Alex Imperatore's BMW from the same squad, and the gap's just over a minute between those two Falcon cars. The closest battle is actually between Stippler and Ellis, but that is a, a battle that favours Stippler currently, lapping six seconds faster on lap 22, but the gap's just 25 seconds. I'm also intrigued by this dice to decide the winner in SP10 because Eichenbach and Vidas now separated by just seven seconds and they are on lap 22, whereas the leaders are on lap 23, the overall leaders on lap 23. And it's also far from decided between the two Cup 3 Porsches, although that's slightly better now for Moritz Krantz, nursing a 30-second lead over Ivan Giacoma, the Spaniard, for Schmickler performance. With so many drivers and teams this weekend this Saturday very wet Saturday at Nürburgring Nordschleife it's a case of what might have been for Conrad Motorsport they were looking uh, very good indeed for the Pro-Ab honours but right now Axel Jeffries in that tattered and battered number seven Huracan limping around well not limping around he's going at a decent pace but unfortunately he's fallen to third in the class and fallen to 15th overall after that real faux pas whether he pushed or he jumped on his outlap was about three four corners into it coming out of the Mercedes arena and round and round went the uh, turquoise and black Lamborghini shortening itself removing a headlight by clattering into the barriers but he got it back somehow limped lost a lot of ground a lot of time with the slow travel the whole way around the next lap to get back to the pits but uh, right now he's still in the race but the car tumbling down the order but never say die got back into the race one minute's 43 second the gap between the black fork and number six Mercedes Manuel Metzger and Frank Stippler. Stippler was, uh, oh, we lost a bit of time last time around. And in fact, on this lap, 
First sector, he goes to Stipler. Second sector, by about three seconds, it goes the other way to Metzger. But it's uh, what we need for Stipler to try and close the gap is constant chipping away rather than occasional. But we have had slow zones. There was one at Brunchen not so long ago. Uh, that's been cleared in fairly short order. But all he can do is keep on chasing. It's Metzger in the six Mercedes, the 32 Audi in second place, Frank Stippler, and Phil Ellis in the number two Mercedes in third overall. Mercedes, Audi, Mercedes, and then the best is the Porsche. Best of the rest, Martin Ragginger in fourth overall. Yeah, then a lap off the lead, uh, Team WRT's Audi. That's the 17 car, isn't it, of Emmanuel Collard, Mathieu Vaxavier and Francois Perodo, the other drivers, but Collard currently at the wheel of that and he in turn is on the same lap as the SP9 Pro-Am leader still Rudy Adams at the wheel of the number 35 uh, BMW so 23 and a bit seconds between Collard and Adams uh, but uh, Adams far more concerned about the class win then you've got the SP7 car Huber Motorsports Porsche number 80 up as high as 8th place overall now for Rocco D. Terra Padula. Then it's Jody Fannin in the 34 BMW, the Get Speed Performance Mercedes of John Schofner, number 23, and the SP10 honours still in the hands of Team Avia Zorgrensport with their BMW M4, but only by seven seconds. This is RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It is still pounding down with rain at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. A question of survival, you might say, then, for the final 15 minutes with Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer. And a late, late pit stop there for Ivan Jacoma for Schmickler Performance. Now, that will serve to just drive a wedge between the two Cup 3 leaders. I thought it was going to be a close finish. Depends, really, whether the Mulder Motorsport Cayman is due for a stop as well. I haven't been paying close attention to the pit stop uh, cycle, the pit stop strategy for the Cup 3 cars. They can normally do a little bit more mileage than a GT3 car. Uh, but that might have just decided it, perhaps with a late splash of fuel required for 9.17. Yeah, so, yeah, into se second place, but Mulder Motorsport is, is uh, well, we will see, but 9.79 needing that class in 11th place overall. Again, just looking at the intervals, can we have any change at the top of the field? I think Frank Stippler's not doing enough. Well, he certainly isn't with uh, the clock beating down to 50, 14 minutes to go to catch Manuel Metzger. Phil Ellis is, is I was giving chase but it must be said around the course of this lap Stippler's done a better job in the majority of it and is edging away we've got a car at the side of the circuit or sort of what we call beyond the side of the yeah. circuit oh I know it's deep in the gravel at turn one we can see the cars coming out of the background of the Mercedes ar ar arena in the distance that's in fact where the Lamborghini of Conrad Motorsport went clattering on the other side of the barriers but on this side there's a BMW tucked away didn't quite get to the end of the race and uh, in fact they might take almost until the end of the race to get that drag clear of that gravel trap because it's the rescue vehicle's got to go the whole way through so yeah. and yellow flags now on the start finish line to warn everybody of that there's a slow zone about to go in place at the Haug hook as well just as the leader arrives on the scene Manuel Metzger so car number six into the slow area thankfully it wasn't greeted with a car skating off into the gravel because it's very easy to go off in sympathy of somebody else who's got their braking point completely wrong um, Manu Collard with a late pit stop for team WRT as well 
to try and maintain this sixth place finish. It's not going to get onto the lead lap because it's already been lapped by Manuel Metzger, but a question of trying to stay ahead of the Pro-Am uh, leader. And also, ah, 681, we reckon, is the BMW in the gravel trap at turn one. So 681 being an entry from, I was about to say, Cup 5. Yeah, it is a Cup 5 car. Melrose, the driver, another Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW, but of the 240i variety. And that will be Sebastian Melrose, who shares with fellow Brit Luke Williams and Australian driver Aidan Reed. But it may well be, sadly, for those three guys that uh, they're not going to get to the finish, depending on how quickly that car can be recovered. As I say, another 12, 13 minutes. And, of course, no doubt the, the finish of the race will be extended a little bit because the chequered flag will wait for the race leader to cross the line at the next completed lap after the four hours is up. And everyone else then, if you're immediately in front of the race leader as he crosses the line, you'll have to go around yet again. So we could be looking at a quarter past four very easily finish. Very often these finishes uh, continue on to about 20 past the hour to make sure everybody is home. And the 32 Audi, which is in second position and just now holding station effectively behind the number six Mercedes, goes on to its 24th lap with, what have we got, 12 minutes left on the clock. So lap 24, I think this will be a 25-lap event, which of the four-hour races, would still make it the longest race we've had all year because the longest to this point for four-hour races has been 24 laps, two of them for VLN 3 and VLN 4. We got to 40 laps for uh, VLN 5, the uh, Rover Zechstunden event. Lights flashing, <laughs> but this is very tricky now for those uh, ahead in the spray to actually work out um, who's behind. Is it a faster car or is it a car that's just sort of caught them up in the poor weather conditions but sensibly the Cayman that was being caught there by Frank Stippler just jinks off the racing line and allows Stippler who is still incredibly racy at this late stage 11 more minutes to go of course you never know what might happen with the race leader uh, in the closing stages So 10 more minutes to keep your car on the straight and narrow. The engine in the background is the SP8T leader, Gabriele Piana, the Italian driver who has previously been a winner of the Dubai 24 hours with Black Falcon and their Mercedes AMG GT4, although not um, by sort of world GT4 rules, that car not legal, so it runs in SP8T instead because of one or two tweaks to the the setup and perhaps to the ECU as well. So it runs in the turbocharger element of SP8. Now, even at this late stage in the race, with 10 minutes to go in this four-hour race, we still had some of the front-running cars going in and out of the pits, and Phil Ellis is listed in third place overall, but he's just made a pit stop, handed over to himself, indeed never got out of the car, the number two Mercedes. Will that put it back behind the number four Porsche of Martin Ragginger from Falcon Motorsports? Wait and see next time around. But the, the Ragginger car, all Austrian lineup with Klaus Backler 
being driven very hard. Another car that came in just before that was the Team WRT Audi, which is um, a lap down. Manuel Collard stays on board for the final stint, so uh, that will jiggle the order up, but unless we need a pit stop for the race leading car, three pit stops to their name. Some of their rivals have four, must be said, but some of those, like the Falker Motorsport Porsche, gave themselves an extra one, went onto the wrong tyres very early in the race. I think it was lap five, and we're back in on lap seven but right now that uh, number four Porsche picking off the back markers up the hill into the S's it goes before heading out in what looks almost like early evening light on an early evening autumn wet day the visibility is very very grey indeed and another just trying to check another Mercedes into the pit lane that's number 23 John Schoffner sister car to Phil Ellis's from Get speed performance. That is making a stop. It's up on the jacks. Can't see it's in the distance in the gloom and a GT4 category. Uh, Mercedes back into the race. Car number 162. That was the one that Gabriele Piana presumably was uh, leading the class in. Uh, Tristan Vidas. Yeah, Vidas. Is now taking it. Was he in before? No, yes. uh, uh, Piana was in 152. Oh, yeah, and this is 162. 162 is, is a proper pucker GT4 car, so therefore runs in SP10. But that was the interesting fight for me between Vidas and Eichenberg, the, uh, the, the driver that we've been talking about a lot. I should really give you his first name. Heiko Eichenberg, sharing with Eric Johansson. And yeah, SP10 leaders separated by not a lot at all. I'm afraid the 23 car is back in the garage, though. And this is after Janine Hill had a spin at Schwedenkreuz. Brought it in at the end of that lap. She did really well to limp the car back again. John Schoffner they're took working, it over. They're working on the headlights. Remember, they, they weren't oh, yeah. working when Janine Hill brought it in. They were working when John Schoffner went out. And I think they're just uh, they're possibly knocked out of true. Maybe have a, a, a loose connection. Presumably that was given a big rattle. Couldn't see if they are on when he came in. But right now, seeing the, the faces of the mechanics at the front of the car illuminated as they work on that. But what's happened? The clock has nearly beat to the end or its way to the end of four hours of racing. Still a good lap to go. Uh, for a, a lap and a half for a lot of these runners but uh, Manuel Metzger sitting on that lead 1 minute 41 seconds his advantage over Frank Stippler Mercedes ahead of Audi but will it be that Philip Ellis's Mercedes in third place or will it be the Falker Motorsport Porsche just waiting to see 1 minute 11 seconds between them on the start finish line last time around well and uh, around the lap they're lapping at a relatively similar pace but of course Phil Ellis don't forget uh, started the lap he left the pits mm. he was a late pit stop as that may well change we have to wait for the next timing interval to be reached yeah and scratching my head a little bit about that f relatively late stop for the number two car I think my lap charts as far as pit stops for car two not entirely accurate so that may well have been a scheduled stop for the number two of Philip Ellis that he shares with Don Bowen this weekend but in the next minute or so they will reach the end of sector three and we should be able to work out who is ahead on the road with about a lap and a half to go. Yes, because this will reach 25 laps, assuming that this particular lap, lap 24, is not very, very slow, even though it's so greasy and gripless out there. Particularly, you can, almost, you can hear the rain pounding down from our various camera positions yeah, out it, on the Grand Prix strecker. 
it's as hard now as it has been at any point. So if the drivers think they can relax their way to the finish of the race, perhaps think again. So for these drivers, do not undo four hours of uh, very, very tricky conditions. 979, the Porsche Cayman from Ulna Motorsport in ninth position overall now, uh, leading that Cup 3 class by a large, large mar margin. Next car in line after a late race shuffle is 917, Schmickler Performance. Also a Porsche Cayman, but uh, right now Mulder Motorsport with Moritz Krantz uh, comfortably clear, but tiptoeing around the circuit, tiptoeing with aplomb, but all the same, very, very aware that one little slip-up now really would just be so galling for all concerned. Ellis is through the split at the end of Sector 3, and he is ahead of Martin Raginger, who's actually a couple of seconds slower, two and a half seconds slower through Sector 3, and Ellis was ahead on the road anyway, so... Little bit of time clawed back by the Brit and Austrian driver Martin Raginger not needing to stop on the, at the start of this lap. However, and that, that gap will have come down between the Mercedes and the Porsche, but not enough, at least not yet, to change the third step on the podium. The visibility race leader, though. Yeah, the visibility is so bad. The race leader on the run from Dossinger Her towards uh, Tiergarten just had to hang behind. Uh, Arrival in a GT3 Cup-class car, Porsche just didn't think it could see him. You can see our race leader, Manuel Metzger, closing right in, but just realised the guy cannot see me because he's starting to wander into my path and uh, decided discretion very much needed to be employed. So with uh, three and a half minutes remaining, he's uh, again to go kicking over the start-finish line and has a new ball of spray or two to drive into, but it almost is impossible for the camera crews now to pick up uh, the cars on the longer shots. They can see headlights, could easily be an H2 car or an SP9. They can't tell until they get up close. And for the drivers of the SP9 class, and most notably Manuel Metzger, diving up the inside of the 722 uh, Porsche, he knows he's got to be careful. In fact, he doesn't have to take risks at all. I think it's risk enough to carry on circulating. And um, again, look and see if a car had been circulating, I saw one sideways on in the screen. It was a long shot of the race leading car. It wasn't sideways at all. It was just how it was picked up through the Mercedes arena. And whatever it's doing, it's putting up a lot of spray, kicking out a lot of water. But importantly, those rain tyres are dispersing the water, moving it out from under the, the wheels of the car. Emmanuel Metzger is doing the rest. He was, uh, let's see what the advantage is. It'd be about one and a half minutes, I seem to believe. But around the course of the second part of that last lap, he stretched his advantage over Frank Stippler's car collection, Motorsport Audi. So it's looking very, very good indeed. Home and hosed. Well, mainly just hosed because they're not home yet. Very, very wet individuals involved today. But uh, leading the way, Emmanuel Metzger looking good. Well, I'm glad that my attention was drawn briefly there to the 722 BMW because although it runs in the 23rd position in Class V4, um, there was a message about it at the bottom of the qualifying sheet because of a, an infringement during qualifying this morning. And also next to it, the number 20 Lamborghini Huracan has a little label next to it as well, which I've only just discovered now. But it, as we said at the start of the broadcast it was due to start from third position but because it overtook under double yellow it would have to start at the end of the starting group one oh, so well found there we go eventually with a minute and 40 <laughs> left on the clock uh, the answer why the number 20 Lamborghini could not start from th the second position I mean sorry second row third position and therefore started at the back of the first starting group what about the number 20 car now I hear you ask Still running in 10th, despite Frank Pereira's whoopsie 
maybe a clash with another car, ended up in the gravel at the Vidal chicane, but did manage to return to the track and runs in eighth position in SP9 Pro, 10th overall. One minute, 43 seconds. That is the gap I was looking for. Manuel Metzger leading the race by that margin over Frank Stippler in the number 32 Audi. The number two Mercedes running around with uh, a, a margin of, well, we wait for the lap to be completed. It was one minute and 11 seconds to the good over Martin Ragginger in that Falcon Motorsport Porsche. That, I think, will come down because, of course, one had just come out of the pits, uh, namely the number two Mercedes. Philip Ellis pressing on. Frank Stippler pressing on in that 32 car collection motorsport Audi, but uh, it doesn't look as though he's able to make any dent at all, give or take a second or two here on there on the race leading Manuel Mexico. We saw Manuel backing off a little bit, not taking those risks, trying to get past the back markers. And all the number 32 crew can do can, is push on, push on, push on. Let's see what will happen. But right now, it must be said that number six Black Falcon Mercedes looking very, very good indeed. When I say looking, you can't always see it, but it's out there. Frank Stippler oh, has appeared. It's all right, my timing screen had frozen for a moment and hadn't shown the Audi across the line at the end of lap 24, but he is there. Next due, Philip Ellis in the all-red number two Mercedes, and Ellis appearing at Hohen Rhein now, flashing the very amber lights in the mist and murk with at least one, I think that was the SP3T Seat up ahead, which is the 311 car normally. And yes, say at Leon from Team Matol Racing. Uh, car four, which is the Martin Ragginger driven Falcon Motorsports Porsche, will cross the line now to start its final lap. Again, with a BMW up ahead, so difficult to pick out in the misty conditions. I know that the cars, when they get close to one another, visibility slightly easier from where our cameras are positioned, but nevertheless, you cannot afford to take your eye off the ball here thinking, well, positions are unlikely to change. I can relax now. Far from it. it it's uh, reactions constantly having to be on high alert, ready to change line and respond also to the signals being shown by the marshals. One minute past the four-hour mark in this race. So hard to pick out the cars around the circuit. What we can tell you, one minute, 43 seconds to the good. Manuel Metzger leading that number six, Black Falcon, Team Auto Arena, Mercedes. Chasing car, car collection, motorsport, number 32, Audi, Frank Stippler. Two stints in two different cars, both the Audi, but the car that he started from pole, Phoenix Racing, tumbled down the order through the course of the race. A long, long delay, followed by another in the garage, so problems came their way but at least he had two strings to his bow and right now though he can't catch the race leader in fact he's dropping away big time around the course of this lap but he knows it's the final lap of the race don't do anything stupid second place would be a, a welcome injection of points but uh, right now team black falcon looking as though this is their win another yellow this time at flugplatz and there is a slow zone in place to help to recover the second placed cup x machine which is the all ktm crossbow class the teichmann racing 929 car has that gone green already yes it yeah. has so a quick recovery for the ronafart driven machine 650 now is that still leading its class in cup five yes it's looking like another victory for Yannick Fubrich and David Griesner. And this could well be, well, it will be a 100% record as long as they can stay there. Tremendous consistency. And that should mean that they retain their championship lead, extend their championship lead indeed, going into 
the final three races of the year in very much non-Pixum team adrenaline uh, colours. That sort of coppery, goldy coloured uh, for, for, the, for the bulk of the car and then the white and the black stripes look very smart indeed and even better when it's winning. So they have painted that car spot on the right colour for another gold trophy heading their way. One more lap to go, so we perhaps shouldn't speak too soon. No, but we shouldn't. There's a, there's a code 60 zone at Fuchsruhe, so relatively early in the lap, but uh, possibly the, the closing point for one driver or other. So even as we reach the four-hour mark in this four-hour race, cars are still struggling to stay on the track. It's been super, super tricky today. I mean, the one good thing is at least it's not cold, but it's certainly very, very wet at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Visibility is awful. Uh, the spray, the, it's been heavy rain for about half an hour now, so the, the, it's not just a little bit of mist and, and a sort of spray coming off the track. It's whole clouds. We've got a car moving very slowly. One of the team picks some uh, motorsport cars. Can almost not pick it out as it comes out of Dossinger Her trying I to get that's the number one car, actually, of the defending champions. Just... Uh, well used to seeing that car because it just has the single digit when I'm expecting three. Yes, it is God, indeed. You're astonishing, Johnny. Danny Brink, Christopher Rink, Philip Lyson. They changed class, having taken victory last year overall, and I think they're running the V4 division now. Um, Thirty odd cars in that entry, yeah, for another Pixum Team Adrenaline machine. And how are they doing? Um, Let's just see where they are in the V4 division. Second, behind the 706 crew. So that, again, is very useful points from a 30-class field. 706 being the Torsten Kratz, Oliver Frieser, and Moran Gott, who's driving that uh, RV Azorg Rennsport car currently. Moran Gott to the flag. But uh, only four and a half seconds adrift. they got to go around again yet. That's not decided uh, just yet and still being shown a second in class but with four and a half seconds and 25 26 kilometers of road in front uh, who've we got danny brink at the wheel of that working incredibly hard behind the wheel well he w was right on the brink there you can see the front end of that uh, number one bmw washing out through the uh, uh, first part of the mercedes arena effectively turned two cutting his way through slightly brighter now it's like the rain has stopped and the orange flanks looking much, much brighter at this late, late stage in the race. But you don't win the VLN title without being not just quick. You've got to be consistent. You've got to learn the vagaries and avoid the pitfalls. And uh, right now, as they go behind the slightly battered Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini, uh, being driven very well. But an element of caution, keeping a bit of the tarmac between themselves and the white line on the edge of the circuit. There's no point going right out to the brink. That is where you can slip up. And at this stage in a four-hour race, you really would be the chump in the team. So we'll keep an eye on how those cars get on on this final lap. And again, struggling a little bit with the timing screen that's not necessarily up to date for the lower order. And actually, it's a, it's a wider margin for v, V4 for first and second. But nevertheless, where's the third place car in that category? Because it might be pressure from behind rather than in front. No, I think they'll, they'll be happy with that. Looking unlikely, unless there is a drama for the number 706 car that leads the class and Moran got at the wheel. However, it is looking like three wins back-to-back -back for the number six Mercedes, the Black Falcon team, Alto Arena Mercedes. The only um, 
driver that's been present for all three, Patrick Assenheimer. So a huge round of applause for him. But Manuel Metzger stepping in to be another co-driver who will join Patrick Assenheimer very, very shortly indeed on, step, on the top step of the podium. They were victorious back in July for the 50th edition of the Adenauer ADAC Rundstrecken Trophy. That was VLN4. And... Uh, Presumably, Manuel Metzger busy elsewhere, so Patrick Assenheimer had to fall back on to the to the uh, performances of Maro Engel. Goodness me, what a difficult position that must have been. Uh, and they took victory as well in VLN5 in the six-hour event. You cannot stop this Mercedes from winning currently. Will it, uh, therefore, give it the speed trophy towards the end of the season? Already coming here with a 15-point lead in that particular point standings. Great performance. Uh, astonishingly good performance. And again, even on the final lap, stretching its advantage very tidily over Frank Stippler. Stippler, no point taking any risks. He was safe in second place, but not likely to catch up with that. Black Falcon, number six Mercedes, Team Auto Arena. And right now, slowing down after the chequered flag. At last, looking a little more relaxed. It's been a tense for the crew, but the sheer amount of spray coming through the gap behind the front wheels. And in fact, we've got a course vehicle now just... Uh, leading that group around doesn't want anyone taking ridiculous risks on the slowing down lap really stressing that to those involved so still waiting for the number 32 Audi from Car Collection Motorsport to get to the finish of the race seems to have backed off a bit around this lap in the hands of Frank Stippler just uh, negotiating dotting a hoa coming towards Tiergarten and uh, did well in the race but it was a race that was always very tricky indeed but that said Pierre Kaffer started it handed over to Frank Stippler started ninth coming home in second they had to be pleased with that by the end of lap one they were up as high as fifth position and were sort of fifth and sixth for the opening stint but then yeah uh, certainly Pierre Kaffer wasting no time at all trying to get through the order and of course, the five car wouldn't have been very far away from it as the 32 now exits Tiergarten and Hohenrein. Great load of water being chucked up from behind that Audi and the rear diffuser. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it would have been really interesting to find out where the five car was in relation to the 32 before they hit what we can only think is electrical gremlins with the steering wheel or something related to that because the car having to make several pit stops, car number five, may still be in the pits actually after uh, various late dramas yes it never did rejoin after its third stop and it's going to finish something like eight laps down which is basically a stint so a real shame for frank stippler's other car he won't have to do the tricky thing of though being on the podium on two separate steps and instead it'll be the number two car to finish in third position. Not quite their best finish of the year because they did get a second earlier on, didn't they? Philip Ellis and Marek Bockman finishing second in VLN 4. So although Bockman not part of the lineup, Ellis and Dominic Bauman will be present on the podium. Martin Raginger we're expecting across the line next in his Porsche for... Actually, Ellis hasn't yet appeared at the end of this particular lap. He's now on to the Dottinger Hur. And then in a couple more minutes' time, the last two finishers on the lead lap will be the Falcon Motorsports Porsche and the Falcon Motorsports BMW to complete the top five. Wet at the start, wet at the finish, dry in between. The weather came and went. And uh, incident was there, but I'd say that 
pretty much the experience that these drivers have around the Nürburgring Nordschleife gave them that element of experience and, and but added to the caution. And so we haven't had too many cars thrown at the scenery. In fact, often we have more on dry racing conditions. Yeah. So good caution today from all concerned. Out of the car, delighted with that victory. Manuel Metzger earning more points through his BMW career. He's been racing very well in Asia this year, the Blockpan Asia Series, and uh, his trophy cabinet's uh, going very nicely indeed for 2019. And you have to also think that, you know, one of the biggest talents in the race, Kevin Estra, how he set off with, in no time at all, building himself a lead of, what do we have it at times, 35 seconds and more. And for someone so experienced around this place to have some sort of incident. Now, at this stage, we don't know uh, whether there was another car involved, but reports that Kevin hit the wall at Mootkurva and came to a halt at Klostertal a couple of turns later. And so if he can claim somebody of his talent, then really everybody else is susceptible to an incident at some point in such a changeable race. And I really thought, now we've got to August and September, that the weather might be slightly more stable. But then again, you've got to remember where you are in the world. Uh, we talk about Spa having its own microclimate. Well, uh, the Eiffel Mountains also guilty of that as well. That's why we love it. That's why it presents such a challenge. And that's why the victories are even more sweet when they do come around. And three in a row is certainly not a coincidence for Patrick Assenheimer and for Manuel Metzger. Patrick, obviously, straight to Manuel's side to offer his congratulations. And the winning margin, 2 minutes 15.7 seconds, is by far the largest winning margin we've had all season. And possibly for the last few years, actually, what I couldn't find is the stats uh, for last year and for older races than that. But we'll have a dig around in the interval between now and VLN 7, which is at the end of this month. 28th rings a bell. We'll have it covered here. Yeah, 28th of September. Uh, so what's that? Back um, to three weeks time for again another four hour race and again due for a midday start after qualifying in the morning that's the plan anyway thankfully the rain didn't actually impact on the timetable at all for VLN 6 whereas uh, stark contrast to earlier races in the year where it very much did a minute and 45 seconds a gap between the second finished second placed car the Audi of Frank Stippler and of uh, Pierre Kaffer back to the Mercedes of Phil Ellis and Don Bauman and then Cars four and three in that order did make it to the flag. Uh, Porsche from Falcon Motorsports and the BMW of the same team. Just off the lead lap, Belgian squad, Team WRT. Oh, no, we always have that argument whether it's the same WRT or not. No, it's not. It's, it's not. Right, <laughs> fine. Um, Audi are, they run Audis as well, even more of a coincidence. Anyway, that's not... Uh, that's not Vincent Voss's team. Uh, that's uh, a separate crew and Manuel Collard, Emmanuel Collard bringing that car to the finish. 24 laps completed, therefore, for car 17. Then the two Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMWs. One entered in SP9 Pro, Jody Fannin bringing that car to the finish, number 34. And the Pro Am Victors, Rudy Adams in car 35, joined by. Uh, I just want to make sure I've got the entry correct because there were one or two changes late on Jorn Schmidt start 
and Jordan Tresson. So that's actually a car that didn't change its lineup uh, from the start of the week and the initial entry list. Ninth position for the Lamborghini Huracan. Excellent. So they were they had um, a problem in qualifying where they were deemed to overtake under yellow flag. So clearly a, a key regulation breach there. Put to the back of the start group, starting something like 50th position and making their way through the order very swiftly. Franck Pereira, a gravelly moment on the Grand Prix Strecker, but finishes inside the top 10. And into the top 10, the SP8T winner, Black Falcon Team Knuffy, not with the 155, which I think ended up as a retirement, but 152 did make it to the flag and were class winners in SP8T. So it's, it's intriguing, looking just outside the top 10, well, top 10th onward with that SP8T Last winner, so many different classes of cars represented in a sort of shuffle of colours on our screen because the SP9 cars are listed in white, but then uh, it's fabulous to see those uh, great, great groupings and uh, just the variety, again, just reiterating. And anyone in the SP9 class, I just had a change of position while I was looking at the screen because oh. 979 has actually gone up to, uh, I know, ninth overall, it just came flashing. But I think it's just moved ahead of the front Pereira. Did we have that number 20 Lamborghini in 10th? No, it was ninth. It was ninth. They've just swapped them round. Okay, don't know for why. There's a 29 second gap between them, but uh, the Moritz Krantz 979 has gone up to ninth overall. And that probably depends on sort of where it started in, yeah. the, in the initial groups. And of course, the 20 car was in the st in start group one, 979 in start group two. So um, I think there is a little bit of an adjustment now because. Whereas before you started like an overall race clock and everybody started their race at the same time, there are now individual race clocks, three race clocks running simultaneously depending on which group you're in. And probably the timekeepers at Vega just having to do some last minute adjustment there to go, oh no, 979 completed the same distance as 20, but actually in a quicker race time. So, and that's down to the fact that it started two minutes behind everybody else in the lead group. The I was about to say, the Manta's finished the race. That's not the Manta. That's one of the Hoffa racing BMWs, in fact. We haven't mentioned a great deal about Hoffa, but they've appeared with as many as four cars, the best of them in Cup 5, finishing 47th overall and, more crucially, 5th in class. So a, an M240i BMW. I reckon that was the E46, though, that just crossed the line with one of the Krolls on board, a family we know well from the 24H series, Martin Kroll, Michael Kroll, and Alex Prince. Already mentioned his name, being involved with that dramatic fire during the Nürburgring 24 hours for the Octane 126 Ferrari. Much flashing of the lights for a BMW M4 as well, that now finishes its race, and still they stream across the line. Well, they had the race leader over the line I think with seven minutes beyond four o'clock on the on the time o'clock, and they could still be being completed their races in the next sort of three or four minutes actually, because peering back towards Tiergarten and Hohenrein, looking out for the Manta, which may already be home and not dry because nobody's dry in these these current conditions. But fourth place for the H2 entered. Opal Manta and bringing that car to the flag was Olaf Beckman sharing with Peter Haas and Volker Strychek who's had a pretty busy day today driving a couple of cars along with the Manta, a Cup 3 
the aim point racing Porsche Cayman that's entered as number 964. So still opportunity, I think, to just run through some of the key class winners. Although I'm pleased I've waited a little bit of time. They are still moving. I was going to say, watching the screen. yeah, timing still being adjusted here and there. Um, many, many highlights. Almost too many to, to, to recall. But um, as Bruce says, the race bookended by significant showers. And the latest of which has just sort of clamped its way onto the Nordschleife. And is not willing to relinquish its grip, perhaps until early evening or maybe into tomorrow um, but we got underway bang on 20 to 12 to ensure that the 20 minute green flag lap uh, gave us a, a midday start exactly rather mysterious was the absence of the Lamborghini number 20 that qualified so well but was judged to have overtaken uh, under yellow flags so it's had to start from the back of the pack therefore that gave us a front row of Phoenix Racing Audi versus the Rojo Racing get speed performance Mercedes of Fabian Schiller. Right behind our eventual winner was the number six Mercedes starting from the third row. But a superb start from Kevin Estra. And it looked like Estra uh, would just blitz the field. Of course, we were waiting for co-drivers to take over the 911 car. Amongst them, Lars Kern, Otto Close very much looking forward to his first experience of the new Porsche GT3R. Sadly, he's going to have to wait a little bit longer because we only ever saw Kevin Estra at the wheel of that car and about half distance, he had a moment with the barrier at Mutkurve and we didn't see it again. Splitting the Manta side by side, battling for the race lead between Phoenix and Black Falcon. There are several rather second-hand cars now going back to their headquarters around the continent including the 598 which had an early bath after damage and the number two Mercedes as well which uh, just bided its time really there was a collision at the first corner between a couple of the V4 BMWs 30 cars entered in that class but particularly on the Grand Prix Strecker so difficult to judge the conditions lap after lap and on cool tyres and an outlap Axel Jeffries having a huge moment coming out of the Mercedes arena, going headlong into the barrier, and the car spun around with such ferocity that it also clanged the barrier on the rear as well. Philip Ellis eventually taking over the number two Get Speed Performance Mercedes and muscling it onto the podium. Still, they cross the line now. Uh, what are we, 21, 22 minutes past four o'clock now, and officially the race end. But it was Manuel Metzger who came across the line, the first to see the chequered flag, winning by over two minutes. Two minutes and 15 seconds, the eventual winning margin. Other class victors, uh, the 979 Mulner Motorsports squad win Cup 3 with their Porsche Cayman GT4. Uh, SB8T going the way of Black Falcon Team Knuffy with their 152 Mercedes. SP10, uh, it was... Uh, Eichenberg, along with co-drivers with Team Avia Zorg Rensport, with the uh, with the number 181 BMW. So the 181 car eventually victorious, despite a race-long duel for Heiko Eichenberg 
and Eric Johansson. So eventually having to settle for second position was the 162 of Tristan Vidas. But here's a quick resume of the top 10. And Manuel Metzger, Patrick Assenheimer taking a third win in a row after 25 laps, winning by over two minutes from Frank Stippler and Pierre Kaffer's number 32 Audi the entry from Car Collection Motorsport. Third place for Get Speed Performance with their Mercedes, Philip Ellis and Dominic Bauman, ahead of two of the team Falcon Motorsports cars. The Porsche, number four, finishing fourth, ahead of the number three BMW, fifth. Then a lap off the pace, the Audi from Team WRT, Francois Parodo, Emmanuel Collard and uh, Mathieu Vaxivier. The number 34 BMW finishes in seventh, ahead of the class-winning Pro-Am division, uh, BMW of Adams, Schmidt, Start and Tresson. Ninth position, 979, the Porsche Cayman takes victory in Cup 3, as I've mentioned. And in 10th position, the number 20 Lamborghini Huracan of Dieter Schmidtmann, Heike Hamel and Franck Pereira. Outside of the top 10, the SP8T winners are from Black Falcon. And their Mercedes-AMG victorious then in that sort of pseudo GT4 category. SP10 and therefore proper GT4 honours go the way of Team R via Zorg Rennsport. SP7, long time the 57 car led that, but it had problems towards the end. Several pit stops back to back. And the 80 car from Huber Motorsport take victory in that all Porsche 911 GT3 class uh, by the chequered flag. SP8. Uh, leading that class home, the Ferrari 458 of Racing 1 GmbH. 9.17, second in class and 18th overall. The TCR class victory going the way of Max Cruiser Racing with VW, their VW Golf. Max Goulden uh, completing the race there. And in 20th position, another SP7 runner from ACV Motorsport Club. Cup 5... Tremendous from Yannick Fubrick and David Griesner extending their championship lead then in the overall standings. It's another class victory for their Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport BMW M240i. Uh, the SP3T leaders, winners, and the Audi, uh, the Audi TTRS Mark II, car number 323. Uh, the Cup X class is won by Teichmann Racing with their number 930 KTM crossbow. And... There are no other class winners in the top 30, but just scanning through to the next batch in 36th position, car 33 is not 33. Yes, uh, 36th position, car 33, I was right first time, is the Audi R8 LMS that wins the SP9 AM division. That's another car collection, Motorsport Audi, uh, coming close to a class victory. Uh, V5 is won by the number 444 Porsche Cayman from Pixum Team Adrenaline. V6 and 42nd overall, the honours go the way of the Black Falcon Team Techstar Porsche 911 Carrera. And SP6 won by the 215 Porsche of Setup Wizard Racing, who finished 42nd overall. 51st place going the way of the Renault Clio which is numbered 614, Overbeck and Overbeck. They win H2. And right behind them, uh, the V4 category that had 30 starters, or certainly 30 cars qualified this morning, and winners in the BMW, effectively an all-BMW 325i class, Team Arvia Zorg Rensport. But it got very tight heading into that final stint between them and the defending overall champions from last year, car number one. In the end, the margin was 
What about 20 seconds between the two V4 finishers? Uh, VT2 is led home by 510, the BMW F30. And outside the top 70 positions, we've got any class winners there? Yeah, SP3, uh, the Subaru BRZ. We didn't mention that all race. We always try and do that, throw in one car that we never saw in the whole four hours. Well, it was a class winner, number 275. Uh, 83rd position is the VT3 winner, the Porsche 718 Cayman for MSC Zinzig. And another class winner, the SP2T uh, winners are the, the Mini JCW Coupe, number 387. Still the class winners come as far down as 103 in the overall standings. The BMW Z4 are the winners in SP4. And now towards the tail end of the sort of 120s, I think we are running short of class winners. Um, commiserations to those running the SPX Ferrari from Octane 126, the only SPX entry, and sadly that car doesn't make the finish. Uh, ran about eight laps down. Still, they scroll on. I think we had eventually... Well, it had about 130 finishes, I think, out of uh, okay. 146 starters. that started, yeah. Actually, on a day like this, that's tremendous. Exactly. It was I mean, every opportunity to uh, get it wrong. You've got sort of 90-odd percent finishing rate there which is incredible and testament to everyone who uh, managed to keep it on the straight and narrow so the podium and a rather damp podium even before any champagne has been sprayed for the 42nd edition of the RCM DMV Grenzland Rennen is just about set I think for the first few drivers to be welcomed there's always a little bit of a cat amongst the pigeons as far as I'm concerned because we often have somebody representing a driving lineup that doesn't have a full pro in amongst them so let's just have a look now that's the definitely our winners so Martin Rag uh, not Martin Rag uh, Manuel Metzger and Patrick Assenheimer to the top step of the podium very much little and large aren't they there's <laughs> a, a long a long streak of Manuel Metzger and uh, Patrick rather rather Shorter of stature, but luckily they also differentiate. Manuel Metzger wearing white overalls and black overalls for Patrick Assenheim. But they've been left out to enjoy the rain on their own with their fabulous gold gold leaf garlands. Just waiting to see who is going to come out next to join them. It's wet, but anybody who's got to a podium today deserves the accolades for their finish. And uh, the number 32 crew, Frank Stippler, Pierre Kaffer for Car Collection Motorsport, come on to the second step. So that... Must surely mean we're going to see Philip Ellis and Don Bauman next out for Get Speed Performance. And then potentially the SP9 Pro-Am winners, or indeed the AM winners. But it is the guys from Get Speed Performance, first of all, to the far side of the podium. We'll try and get as many different drivers into this area as possible. As... Yes, next to emerge then. Are they wearing BMW rondels there? Does that make it the Walken Horse Pro-Am winners? Let's have a look when they come out onto the Walken Horse Motorsport, I think, is said on the back of there. Which so, yeah, that would make sense if those were the three guys from car 35, being Rudy Adams and Jean Schmidt-Start and Jordan Tresson. And, yes, indeed, they are the guys' winners of Pro-Am to the far side of the podium. Uh, there is space next to Frank Stippler 
and Pierre Caffer for the winners of SP9 AM, if indeed there's a vacancy for those. But their caps are coming off, so I'm sure an opportunity now to hear the national anthem for the winning team. National anthem, I believe, being played at the Nürburgring Nordschleife, but not hearing that in my headphones, so I will continue to talk. Apologies if I'm talking over the music. I'll just wait, I think, for the caps to go back on so I know that it's safe to continue. So there we go. Another victory for Patrick Assenheimer. Three in a row, indeed, for that young man. And uh, a mixture of co-drivers. 27 years old from Heilbronn. Um, running for Black Falcon in the Blancpain series this year, as well as big events like the Spa 24, the Nürburgring 24. Did a, a number of races in the ADAC GT Masters last year too. So getting... More and more people to wake up and notice his talent, I'm sure, particularly in such a difficult race. There's no question about Manuel Metzger's talents. Now to the podium. Um, who have we got? Would that be the Audi crew from Car Collection Motorsport who won the AM? But we only have... Yes. Oh, no, three of them did come out. Sorry, one slipped in. Oliver Bender, Klaus Koch and Peter Schmidt, by my reckoning. Car 33. And also Audi. winners of Group H, I understand. Now, we've got H4 and H2, of course, so it's it's either one of those. Apologies for the slight confusion. But the, the great thing about these podiums is that with every event, it's almost like each different class, they're sort of plucked out of, the, out of a hat as to whether it's your turn on the podium this month or your turn. Now, with two drivers being summoned to the podium, I reckon that's probably the guys that won H2 in their Renault Clio, they eventually finished uh, 51st overall, the two Overbecks in their 614 car. So congratulations to both Tobias and Daniel Overbeck in their Renault Clio, yes, to the far end of the podium. We've also got three drivers now in, I think, Pixum Team Adrenaline race suits. And here are the TC. Are winners so Benny Leuchter first out doing some racing in the World TCR Championship this year as well, along with Andreas Goulden for Max Cruiser Racing. Helpfully, they've got numbers big number 10s on their back, so that's their race number for the Volkswagen Golf. Ah, and also sneaking on were the production class winners in, in class five, V5 indeed. So V5 winners, the treble four, uh, Porsche Cayman. So Norbert Fischer, Daniel Zills and Oscar Zandberg. They're right up there in the in the point standings, aren't they? I think they were second behind the current leaders, David Griesner and Yannick Fubrich. So good for their points as well. Yeah, uh, Fischer, Zandberg, Zills equal third 
in the championship and they have got a class win in the Pixim Team Adrenaline Porsche Cayman in class V5. Next up, it's the Cup class. <laughs> now, is that the KTM uh, Cup class? We'll wait and see. Uh, Cup 3. Cup 3 it is. Winners in Cup 3 to the far side of the podium. And the Cup 3 winners, according to my information, Mulner Motorsport, yes, in 979. Well, they had a, a duel all the way through before eventually into the final stint. Moritz Krantz, Torsten Young and Nico Menzel were able to establish themselves as the race winners ahead of Schmickler Performance. But they were pushed all the way so congratulations to Moritz, to Torsten and to Nico. They go to the far side of the podium as well. I think that is just about the full complement. With champagne bottles now emerging. <laughs> and one of the guys who's brought three more bottles of champagne cannot avoid getting doused by, uh, I think that was Pierre Kaffer and teammate Frank Stippler unleashing the corks. So... A very, very wet podium becomes even damper, but this time with the fizzy stuff. And those that uh, don't fancy getting much damper than they already are, I'm sure saving the champagne for the teardown, which will happen very, very shortly as teams start to pack up at the end of a, of a trying, well, I was going to say four hours, but it's been much, much longer than that for those that have been here since probably last night, setting up in time for qualifying and... It's at times like these, yes, it's still fun, but when you're out in the pit lane looking after cars, doing pit stops, you think, why did I get involved in this? Yeah, in the pits at 8 o'clock, having been in the paddock at 7, and uh, <laughs> I didn't even get to drive the car. But no, <laughs> think how many people do get to drive the cars. That is the very essence of the VLN and the fact we've got so many class winners up here. They all fight their individual battles, their class battles, and, of course, the SP9 cars get to duke it out for overall honours. But I, I think, really... Round of applause for the 70, all involved in the 42nd RCM DMV Grenzland Rennen. Tricky, tricky conditions. Not just difficult, but constantly changing. And I think drivers did a really, really good job today. Some of them would have been racing blind for elements of that circuit, but elements of the, the four hours, but they kept it on the circuit by and large, and the rescue crews were really super efficient, and uh, that kept the racing really remarkably unrestricted by uh, slow zones. They, the slow zones came out, they but they cleared them as fast as they possibly could. So I think re real efficiency and uh, really well done, everyone, uh, for this 42nd RCM DMV Grantstand Renan. Thank you, Bruce, Bruce, for your company all afternoon. And uh, well done to all involved for getting to the flag, particularly those featuring on the podium now with their trophies and champagne bottles in hand. And now we have uh, the mere fact that there are three VLN races remaining in this season. The next will be in three weeks' time. VLN 7, which will be the 59th edition of the ADAC Reinoldus Langstreckenrennen and of course it'll all be live once again here on RS3 part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels very similar treatment as today so in three weeks time uh, qualifying will take place independently if you like uh, that'll be an 8.30 start through till 10 and then we will come on air uh, at 11.15 German time um, and that will be set for a little bit of build up just setting the scene, uh, taking you through the entry list and then the rolling lap at 22 the hour. Race to start at midday local time and run through until four o'clock. So be sure to join us for that on RS3 
uh, in, as I say, three weeks' time, the 28th of September for the 59th edition of the ADAC. Ryan Aldous, Langstreck and Rennan. I hope you can join us for that then. hope you've enjoyed our coverage this afternoon as well. And we'll see you again very soon on the Radio Show Limited Network. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.